0: Took off if you speak out against the
1: words and the heavens going fall it's the post-draft show we got a few small town observations as they say and this is a good one we dig into the draft we debunk the draft industrial complex as it's called by me aj has a debate with me mercy mercy didn't go too well did it Everyone fine you think th- that's fine to you yeah it's fine <laughs> i think there there's
0: there's reasonable people on both sides of the debate
1: hmm you could but you know what we'll leave it up to the listener um i can tell you this much i'm looking at the one promotional thing we do and i'm seeing scott seinberg 12 and 2 in baseball on best bet three stars it's
2: 13 th- thir- and 2, 13 and two. There, there was a typo well, I, it wasn't I, a
1: typo. When well, did you win the 13th game? Today. So you just, I mean, I don't even have time to promote your winning and you win another game.
2: 13-2, and three-star baseball run, yeah.
1: Baseball is rolling. I mean, it's NBA and baseball right now. And the thing is, Fez, as the playoffs go from eight series to four, there's less games. And, you know, people start perking up with baseball. Oh, look, Fez, up 20 units, over 20 units this season. You just said, give me a tw- quick twenty on baseball. Thirty-four and fifteen. Are you watching more of the games because of the, the the clock and stuff?
3: Yeah, yeah. I actually have gone from disliking baseball to I, I love baseball in the seventies. I like baseball. We know again. you like the
1: big red machine. Everyone knows. David Concepcion. Be- yeah,
3: he was your guy. Cesar Geronimo. I'm just trying to like name some guys that were like the big names.
1: So Johnny Bench,
3: Tony Perez was my favorite.
1: Yep. Yeah. Rose, Bergen, Rose, Rose played third then, didn't he? Yeah, George Foster. In oh, the Foster! There. He Just had the mutton chops. You yeah, remember those? He crushed the ball. <laughs> All right, into the green seats. We should start a pod that Yellow you talk seats. about your sports fandom.
2: Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? We'll call it "In the Green Seats." <laughs> the green? fez and the se- fez and the big red machine.
1: I'm thinking fe- green because of money. Like he's out there <laughs> counting his money. All right. Speaking of money. Baseball's rolling. Fez is up 20. Scott on a 13-2 run. Good fella. Again, distancing Fez up 37 units to his chagrin. It's kind of like, remember on the Simpsons when the, the little baby? Lee, uh, Maggie. Uh, Maggie had the other. <gasps> That's Fez's mouth. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, yeah. I saw it. <laughs> I, <visual>. I, I, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I want it to be. Like, sunshine of the spotless mind. I got to go in for treatment to have it removed. <laughs> it was. It was better. It was technically better than I expected somehow that he did that. Yeah, but I didn't need the visual of it. Yeah, I, I caught a glimpse, too. You didn't too. have to look. It was like a fish dying. It was like a fish that was. It was, was like looking a, into an eclipse. It was like a fish, a fish being asphyxiated. <laughs> okay, and Mackenzie on the ball says, Gerald Sampson. That's the kid's name that, that little Maggie doesn't
4: like? Otherwise known as the unibrow baby.
1: Yeah. This, he looks like a terror. Look at him. Why is he holding an axe? He's bad. <laughs> it's Maggie's arch nemesis. And you know what? That's how Fez and Goodfella is. Because Fez, no matter what Fez. Who's the unibrow baby? Oh. Oh. Fez is, is Maggie. Okay. And Fez is always like, I won 27 units. And then it's like, good fellow, I won 28. You know, it's like, no matter what, it seems like he won just a little more. And then, you know, it's a, one day we'll do a podcast on this, because you would think Fez would want everyone to win. And, and he, you know, he does. I got to give him credit. Every time there's a new capper in, he's generous. Scott, you came in, didn't have any experience, giving premium content, you know, for sale. Has Fez been a, he's been super helpful, hasn't he? The most. I mean, he's tried to drag you into blackjack schemes and stuff, but, but, but in general, he's been helpful. He didn't have to try hard for those. <laughs> <laughs> so I give the guy credit, but there's something about getting beat. So uh, And again, Fez wins sometimes, but I would say it's 50-50, and you don't like that. You want to be number one. We and all do. Yeah, but some more than others. Like me, I want you to shine. Coffee's for closers. <laughs> but but you'd agree that like you're gonna try very hard to beat Goodfellow in the second half or from here on. But, yeah, you know, I hope he's... he does very well, and I hope I beat him. Exactly. But right now he's beating you, thirty-seven units up. Fez twenty. Scott on the hot streak with the best bets. And here's the offer. It's real simple. Bases. Now you think there'd be a number? Nah. Bases. And what do you get? off of any 30 day access. Now, what's the 30 day access for baseball? Only 119. I'm going to do some quick math. That's like four bucks a day. Mm. Now, we're saying that's too much if you listen to this pod. Get 20 off, which means 99. I don't know if you know this, Fez. 99 is less than 100. It's only two digits. 99 bucks for a full month of baseball. You can have Fez. You can have, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call an audible. Mackenzie, take a note. We want a second coupon, which is if you buy a second month. All right, let's think. I want to give that for half price. So give them $60 off if they buy a second month. And tell them the way they can do that is just make it where the minimum uh, shopping cart needs to be, you know, whatever. It would be $238 regular price. So just tell them make it a minimum shopping cart variation, and then it will activate... A $60 discount. So if you buy two... or Can they buy Scott and Goodfellow? One month each? Or Fezzik and Goodfellow and see them go head-to-head. Or Scott and Fezzik. Any combination.
2: Beautiful. I like this. The bases are larger this year, so the promo bases should be larger. Exactly.
1: Or four... Kind of. Four, four and a half <laughs> inches closer. Uh, you guys have said enough. Now... <laughs> Don't make me turn your mic off again, Scott. First time he's got had his mic turned off. It was, it was really mean what he did. I mean, and it was like he was causing, he was almost like that baby causing trouble. Yeah, it was, AJ, it was pretty, it was wrong. It's, it's something I learned not to do. <laughs> Fez still hasn't learned. All right. So let's think about this. What do we want the coupon to be? We'll make it, mm-hmm. we'll make it, Baseball, bases, half, half bases, half bases, H A L F B A S E S. So bases get you 20 bucks. That's great. But if you want the second one for half price, half bases, you get 60 bucks off combined, and you're really getting two people for the price of one and a half, half bases. What do you think, Scott? I like it. Now, the debate is is it good fella? Is it Fez? Is it it's a Scott? I would say this, because you listen to the pod, and if you agree with Scott, what he did, the dastardly thing, I got his mic turned off, then get him. And if you disagree, get Goodfellas and Fats. That's my advice. On to the show. Whatever happens here, here. The draft aftermath. We got a full house here, and this is one of my favorite shows of the year. And I'm going to start the show with something a little different. You might be surprised, but you know, you got to evolve. We got AJ Hoffman to my right. He actually is ready to debate me hardcore on the Texans. He's been anti-Texans since they kicked, <laughs> since they took away his press pass. And now I think the Texans had a horrible draft and you're going to say no, it was good. That's interesting. Mm. Steve Fezzik, who is saying the draft is dead. It's over. And I said, "Steve, you lost your picks." I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got the uh, <laughs> the a, a Boston Brewers not batter, <laughs> not batter for sure. Scott Seidenberg. I'm RJ Bell. Okay, sit back and bear with me a second here, because I want to talk about the Steelers' sixth round pick, Corey Trice. And is that the right pronunciation? That's correct. Thank you. Big body guy, 6'3". I but I got my opinions first. All right, I think it's very important we realize no, he's a quarterback? cornerback. Cornerback, man. former is, safety, con- convert. Yeah, a lot of people think he's going to have trouble. A lot of people think that Trice is going to have trouble with that conversion because if you can't be a cornerback in at Purdue, 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 if you can't be a quarterback at Purdue, <sighs> how are you going to be in the league? And safeties are just slow cornerbacks typically that can hit hard. Well, I think they're wrong. I think the Steelers got a unpolished gem here. And you know why? I don't know. I can't even do this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any thoughts? Because <laughs> you know what? He's
2: why? got a lot of comparisons to Antonio Cromartie. He's a big-bodied <laughs> cornerback. His hands is
1: range. His ball skills <laughs> yeah. are unbelievable at the point of attack. He's he's toolsy. The yeah. catch radius is through the roof. And the strength
3: of schedule, because he was always going up against the number ones for Ohio State, for uh, Michigan, Penn State. So he had to face some guys. That, and that's why his underlying – What about it? that
1: spring game two years ago?
3: Oh, he you know, two years ago. He was hampered <laughs> because I've got, I've got news that apparently he didn't take it seriously. And he was out late before that spring game.
1: And he broke up with his girlfriend. I don't know the reason. His teammates the, didn't go to his birthday party <laughs> either. What's the point here? The point here is the NFL knows so much more about these players than the draft Knicks do. And I love draft Knick culture. Uh, well, no, maybe that's not the right way. There's parts of it I love. I love the idea, and I believe that, AJ, this is a good opportunity for you starting next year. I believe for the college guys— that are aspiring to be good NFL guys, and you had a great NFL year last year, but you, you know, you're college first, I think it's fair to say, is you know these players. If you put that time in between February 15th and the draft to really see, hey, who's going where, now all of a sudden in five years, you're going to know the NFL as well as anyone yeah. because like, you know all those classes now, right? Usually the college guy, and you can, only, you can put that time in when there's no college football going on. Right? You know, it's because usually college pro, you can't do both like really well as an right. originator. But I, I think that that's a way to get time in that benefits your NFL handicapping from then on. Absolutely. So I enjoy that kind of immersion experience for that period of time. You know, I buy all the draft guides. I don't like, I'm not a player level guy, but I tend to get a feel for these guys. And uh, I actually collect the old draft guides, I got yeah. all, almost all the Mel Kuypers. And uh there was a guy named Joe Bushbaum, I think is how you pronounced it, who was like Bill, he was like one of Bill Belichick's best friends, but no one knew they never met it's a, I think I told this story one time is um so Bushbaum was the guy for pro Football weekly, right so that was a big publication back in the day, and uh they did a lot of gambling back even in the nine early nineties I remember like gambling sections, and uh he was the draft guy there, so um and he would he lived in Brooklyn and it was a, like a shut in. He lived in his apartment. Yeah, so here's a picture of him.
0: He looks like a serial
1: killer. No, he really well he was, let's not say like that, but he was but he does have an odd look. He looks like he's like six foot two and about one hundred and thirty-five pounds. And apparently like, like Corey Trice. Apparently. <laughs> well, he could have played in the league. It was just, but apparently, now, this is a guy that started like in 77 with the draft stuff, right? And Belichick thought he was so good that he d- that he would never talk about him because he didn't want other people knowing. But him and this guy would talk hours and hours in the off season. Wow! And um, when he passed away, and he was only like forty eight, so you know, I don't know what was going on, but um, apparently the Pro Football Weekly guys who he worked for for like thirty years, twenty five years, never met him. Mm. You know, like he just was a kind of a guy, yeah. that, and. But then when he died, a couple months later, they had the combine, and um, Bill Belichick, they had a memorial service for him, because he was like a known guy, and Belichick walked up and went up to speak and said, Joe Bushbaum was one of my best friends, is what he said, I wow. mean, like, and the people were just blown away, they didn't yeah. even know he knew Belichick, but they Belichick said like maybe two or three draft picks a year would come from him, mm. where it was his insight so it was fascinating. But obviously it's gotten bigger. You got a lot of people that feel obligated to have an opinion that really shouldn't. I think we saw with the Raiders what happens when you take the I mean, let's be candid now. The Raiders took a TV commentator who um, you know, was a coach at some point. He did have a Super Bowl ring, but it was 10 plus years. I mean, the, the league keeps moving, right? And And then they took—who was the guy from the NFL Network? Mike Mayock. Yeah, Mayock, who was considered probably one of the most respected, if not respected, guys. I don't want to malign Mayock by saying whose picks these were, because my understanding was he didn't have final say, Mayock. So maybe he wanted other guys, right? But the Raiders didn't pick particularly well. All right, and all these guys that think that the league's dumb. Like, when is a coach? When is the owner going to hire the guy that is like saying, "I can do this better"? Because I'd like to see that. I'd like to see like a guy from PFF. Like, we're seeing it somewhat. There's a guy that used to work at PFF who's now the OC for was it the Rams? I think it's the Ram- or the tech. I th- can you look that up, Mackenzie? Um, but uh, but again, I, I'm not sure this guy wasn't like wanting to be a coach anyway. He took a little two year start. Like Mike Lombardi's a radio guy now, but he was a GM, right? But um, it's Houston's offensive coordinator, mm. um, Bobby. How do you pronounce that name? Oh, Slowick. Oh, yes, Slowick. Slowick. You you know this guy? No. He must have came in late. But, you know, but in general, you don't see a lot of people getting hired. Like, we should let this guy from PFF. And it's nothing against PFF. I think they do a good job. But these commentators, that think they know the football better than Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. right?
2: No, the only guys that you would even hear about getting talked about hires are people that have experience. Like you mentioned, like a Lombardi or like a Lewis Riddick, who was mm-hmm. a player and an executive and has been doing TV for so long. Like, he's always being brought up as potential hires for teams that would be like and
1: when that happens day. those guys who had a history but they have a bigger brand because of their tv yeah. right they usually don't do too well mm. i mean i mean like yeah, seen, Mayock and, yeah. i mean i uh, mean but i think we've seen other ones too where it's a guy like that um uh, that was like a coach then he becomes a commentator for 12 years then he goes back to coach you what know? wasn't it? What's the
3: Detroit GM that was just Matt Millen? That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Just I think a disaster, right? Uh-huh. By all accounts. But now,
1: and the, well, yeah, I think so. But again, w- but the lines up until now have been a disaster pretty much since. So the question is was it no, the word good now? Well, up until now, but are they good? I mean, if, if you don't <laughs> yeah, Stop throwing around that word. Yeah, I mean, they might be, but they went not, you know, they didn't have the best draft. But here's what we're going to say How do we grade a draft? Right, this is one of my pet peeves. In fact, you gotta admit, I was on. I was at the front of this. You,
3: RJ, you absolutely led this. Where you like, 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 hey, you know, nobody
1: knows. We don't know, right? (laughs) What we know is what your draft equity was. You had so many shots at it, right? So that matters, right? We know position value, which is something I've come to understand better the last couple years. The theory is, how much does it cost for a good wide receiver? Right, eighteen million. Let's say for the. 20th or 15th best guy in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How much does it cost for a linebacker? A lot less. Well, now, if you have a linebacker you think is as good as the wide receiver, who do you want? Well, you want the wide receiver, right? So there's positional value. There's also, and this gets kind of complicated, which because is... Because you ha- got to pay him the same. And, and because Initially, you're paying him in the in slot, the contract, right? Yeah. And the theory is a running back... Who like like Barkley, who was picked, got second, uh-huh. right? Is even though he probably was a top five or seven back, even last year when he was healthy he probably was not – there was no uh, surplus value because if you would have got him as a free agent, it would have been about as much as it was as on his fifth year or fourth mm-hmm. year, right? So it's like you, where's the upside at? But you get a quarterback that would be getting paid $55 million or 52000000 million, let's say, now in the open market. Like how much would your boy Herbsy get on the open market?
2: Oh, God, it, it, a lot. Well, that's the window for teams to win is with that – quarterback in the first four or five years because you're the, paying him
1: eight million uh, and he's, the, he's 50. The, seahawks, yeah. the
2: seahawks were able to do what they did because russell wilson was a third round pick and making not much money and they were able to pay everybody else.
1: But you could make the case herbs is no better as a quarterback than Barkley is as a running back.
2: I, absolutely.
3: I think it'd be fair that, to say a comp.
1: you know 3 to 5 or 6, you know, whatever. Okay, well one of them literally is about getting what they deserve mm-hmm. and the other one is about 30 million of excess mm-hmm. surplus yeah. value. Yes. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so now what gets complicated is what happens if you got the best guard of the last 5 years, do you take him at 12, 13 for but what we know is taking the second Best running back in a given year at 12 isn't necessarily a good pick. Lions. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they might be right. Their opinion might be so sharp that they say this guy should be the number one, but history tells us no one drafts all that much better than anyone else as a team. So, and and But
3: what is the well, whole— But Pacheco was a really good running—oh, no, but he went in the seventh round. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, well,
1: I mean—and what is it, a third of the players in the NFL are undrafted free agents, right? Or some number like that. So I think if you want the great left tackles, you want the great—and that's why with the, what the—what was it, the Eagles— they, they get a left tackle from Australia or something, right? Like when you can get a left tackle or someone when it's not a high draft choice, well, you've done something, right? If you can get a quarterback like the 49ers, if, if it ends up the Purdy is good and his injury doesn't hurt him long-term, then it's if you say Trey Lance was a disaster and Purdy, I would say those two together equals a pretty good outcome. Meaning you got if you get one elite or top even twelve quarterback out of all those picks and a seventh round pick, you've done
3: something. It's the Washington Redskin model, right? Where they wound up with Kirk Cousins when Except they said they weren't happy
1: with him. Yeah. How do you like <laughs> me now? <laughs> well, he likes his bank. Here's another bank account one. Um, okay, so let's talk about some other premises here, how to analyze the draft. The Fed's got an interesting one about the aftermath of it. But first, let's make a distinction between a faller who becomes a steal, in theory, quote-unquote steal, and then you got a reach. So a reach is when someone goes up and, let's use, the Lions. You could make a case that both of their first-round picks were a reach. It was like this guy, no one thought they would go, and they went at 12. History says a reach actually is bad. Not as bad as you might think, but bad. And here's why: it's one team's opinion, and if you understand at all, the wisdom of crowds or the idea that if ten people think something, it's much more like it's it's the same concept of lines, right? It doesn't matter how sharp Chris is, uh, Bat Chris, or any book that opens up, their opener is the, about as weak as the line's going to be, because when the opener's right, all the pros think, ah, good line. When the opener's wrong, bat, 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 and it gets moved to where it's supposed to be, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like maybe Chris is the best opener ever, but they're still not 100%, and that's why the vultures are out there, the batters waiting to pick the bones off of the value, okay? Well, if you reach, you're the opener. You're the one opinion that's saying, I'm bucking everyone out. In fact, it's even worse than an opener because the opener doesn't know what other people's opinions are. Here, you kind of know through the consensus you know, mocks, which I think aren't great, but I think they are somewhat in line with expectation, right? Is someone's going up and grabbing them and saying, "You, I know better than all you. Well, that doesn't go too well, typically. In corporate America,
3: we used to call this buying the business, all right? Okay. Where where you'd have bids going out, you want to get a new client, right? And so everyone is, you know, submitting their, their proposals. And then you find out, oh, everybody else said they'd do the work for 1.2 million. And we just bet, Bid 800000 So we won. So we get the client. Guess what? We're going to lose money on this because we missed something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because you'd actually, even though that was your best guess at what was a good number, when you see everyone else's number is different, you're thinking we missed something. Why didn't we bid $1.1 million? They They need
3: three coats of paint on all their buildings. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: an ego thing to think that you're now again, let's be candid. Belichick reaches, a, at least by the consensus, a lot. Mm. You could make the case that's not a good thing, even for him. So, I mean, again, I think the one football genius walking the earth. Um, now, is he a GM genius? I don't know. I think he maybe is not a genius, but he's a pretty damn good GM. I actually believe that. Because if you look at where the Patriots have drafted up until recently, They're the only team that ever kept – like, if you think about it, even these teams with Aaron Rodgers in his prime or whatever, they have these eight and eight years, Mm -hmm. right? Patriots, they never had that, right, until Brady left. Now, again, they had Brady, but no one wins without a good quarterback. So now the question is, how much do you win? And they did win
3: 11 without him the one year. Yeah,
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think they're exactly – I think it's 25 and 25, since Brady left. So to me, to not have a good quarterback at any point there and to win half your games is actually pretty damn good. It is. So, you know, that's why I thought, though the league caught up to him, that's why I thought, um, oh, what's his name? Ernie Adams. No, no, no. The guy who um, was now the UCLA coach that that used to be at Oregon. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Ah. Chip Kelly at Philadelphia. Actually, had two years, if I remember, that they had double digit wins and they had Nick Foles as the quarterback one year. He had like 25 touchdowns and like four. And and it's like they didn't have any like elite quarterback and they ended up winning what two years in a row. And then the third year they had a down year and they threw him out. It just goes to show you if you're innovative, you got to always be right. If you're wrong once, it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, see, you're debunked. But if you're status quo, interesting right it's like you don't get fired for buying ibm peterson's not at philly anymore well that's interesting too uh but but again i think that's driven by and i think you follow philly pretty close scott that's driven i think by roseman is a very they have an aggressive ownership and Mm -hmm. and gm and the coach i think after the super bowl pushed up against that yeah
2: roseman's a very hands-on gm and certain coaches don't you know you you want a coach that's going to listen to the hands on GM
1: yeah and, and I think usually once you have a Super Bowl you think you can do better yeah and apparently they said they had a weekly meeting with the owner I remember reading I about believe it, it. Yeah, I mean, but that's on the Roonies mm-hmm. aren't meeting with Tomlin every week, No. <laughs> telling them about what, telling them, hey, I their, like
0: their
2: opinions on
1: things, or, yeah. or specifically on uh, what was this guy's name again? Oh, Corey Trice. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, I bet you Jerry Jones is having a meeting every 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 third yeah. day. But they're the, they're
1: effectively the GM though, right? Yeah, sure. You know what's funny? As much as we make fun of Jerry, it's Dallas got maybe the a, a top three roster, four roster in the NFL right now. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, well, Stephen Jones
2: has kind of taking on more yeah. of that general manager role.
1: But usually, the family side yeah, don't yeah, do yeah, it. I mean, yeah. you got to give him some credit. I mean, uh, but anyway, I mean, who else? I mean, have they found the best quarterback after the first round? I mean, at least currently, who's the no. best quarterback playing that was drafted out of the first round?
2: It was it was? Oh well, yeah. We were saying it was Russell. It, what, okay, it huh? was Russell at one point.
1: Yeah, but 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 um, Dak was what fourth round? Yep. Wait, I mean, that's a well. We'll see, <laughs> but but I mean, Purdy was a good start, no doubt about it. Apparently, they said something about this. Uh, I almost said the Redskins. Um, the I don't. Oh, commanders uh, is. Um, I hate that name. What, it's what so it, bad. It's so the, the it, DC Defenders
2: of the XFL is such a much. It's a much better much name. Better, better logo. Better name. But the
0: Indians
1: uh, new name Guardians. It's that's good. even worse. That's, that's worse. My, yeah. my
0: son said. Are the, are the Oakland A's going to change their name when they move to Vegas? Absolutely not. The, like, no one can come up with a good name anymore. That it, you see it with the Commanders and the Guardians. Like, all the good names well, are taken. So, they're I just. I think stuck. that's
1: driven by the fact that they're all trying to make up for the offensive last name. So, it's always something really innocuous. Yeah. Right? It's like the Commanders. The, <laughs> I mean, in fact, that was a little aggressive in a way. But anyway, I like the Washington football team. Yeah, it was ironic. It was the WFT is an
3: unfortunate abbreviation.
1: Well, no, not considered. I mean, all things considered, that's apropos. (laughs) I mean, that's actually a theory in naming is like the like cars and stuff. Like they name them the Crossfire, and it's like you think who wants to name a car after like the idea of being murdered, Mm. and it's like people like edgy names. As uh,
2: the abbreviations though, do do matter, like uh, but so, that
1: ETF is not so. It's almost like you're excited about
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. It, but v- when the hockey team came to Vegas, they're not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh-huh. It's the Vegas Golden Knights, and the whole premise was VGK is the abbreviations instead of seeing like Veg or okay. LV, you know, like it, or yeah. LAS. It's been it's it's always just VGK. That's now, part is that of that, the guy that part, plays part poker of their from, branding.
1: Is that the guy that plays poker from Russia? Who's that? VGK. Oh wait!
2: No, it's KGB. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay.
1: All right. <laughs> all right. Now, when you have a faller, all right. So reaches are historically not great. They're not as bad as people think, but they're not great. Okay, fallers. Let's look at Philadelphia. They got you could make the case two fallers this Jaylen draft.
0: Carter, Nolan Smith.
1: Okay, those actually are no better than any other pick. The reason being, it's not one opinion that is saying, I want this early. It's every team before it saying, no, thank you. All right. So think about uh, Levis. Right? He could have went first, even, some of the rumors said. First, he didn't go. Second, he didn't go. Thirty-second, he didn't go. Right. Thirty-one teams in the draft, so forget Miami in this case, in the first round. Every team said, no, thanks. No, thank you, but no, thank you. Then when you get them, it's hard to say what value. Yeah, it's always funny when like the
2: the analysts will say, "Oh, they got a steal with this guy here." So does that mean that every other team before them exactly. is, is dumb? Exactly, like
1: they're idiots. Exactly, and it's a great, it's it's really. But here's the thing: they talk about the military industrial complex. That's what Eisenhower talked about in his farewell address. This is the draft industrial complex. Mm. Think about it from the Super. I mean, pretty much from the end of March Madness for sure. From the end of March Madness till now, it's the only thing to talk about. I mean, we can talk about the NBA playoffs, but let's be honest, on national shows, that's not a huge conversation. I mean, I mean, Stephen A is a big NBA guy, and he talks it a good bit. But I'd say first take, I'd say um, get up is what, half draft stuff during these months?
2: The NFL is king. The NFL is a 365-day-a-year mm-hmm. sport. And,
1: and and the draft, if, if you said – this is stupid. The whole draft stuff is stupid. We don't know. What would, what would they talk about?
2: Yeah, no. The offseason is almost bigger than the regular season. Like, it's there's so much to talk about in the offseason.
1: There's a great—I'm a huge fan of Deadwood. I think it's one of the best shows of all time, right up there with Sopranos, et cetera, and, and Wire. And there was a great episode called A Lie Agreed Upon. Now, think about that concept. A Lie Agreed Upon. And it's like, that's what the draft is. That's what the coverage of the draft is. It's everyone's acting like that Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuiper, I don't care who it is we're talking about. It's not about, I think Mel Kuiper is an innovator. I think he's made a career, he took something that no one ever did and made a career in which he's made millions of dollars. Salute. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what else to say. I mean, it's a great thing, and but that said, it's all bullshit. It's an emperor has no clothes
3: situation where literally they have conned the public into believing they should come to the city of the draft and like Ooh. party for like three days, and they're they're having a great time
1: hearing these picks. It makes no sense to me. But see, that is a sign of you not being a fan, well, because no, no doubt, because to me, I think the draft itself is hope renewed. Right? If you're the Jets, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a good time to segue over to that. because
2: tradition wh- like no other is the Jets fans booing the first pick, but, booing their first pick.
1: <laughs> but beca- why do they boo? Because, one, the team hasn't done so well, yeah. so they, they think, hey, it's okay. But number two is – the draft means so much to them because it's Mm. when hope gets renewed, right?
2: Yeah, unless it's like, I think they cheered for Mark Sanchez because the Jets traded up and got a quarterback. And it's like, we got our quarterback. Is that why the
3: Jets had the Make-A-Wish kid that was like 11 that that recovered from cancer, that gave out the first pick? There's no way they are going to boo him.
2: Well, That's why Roger Goodell brings out people from the city so that they don't boo Roger Goodell. But it's still they still boo him. You
1: think so? Always.
2: That's, that's That's. But what that's, I'm yes. saying
1: is, do you think that's why? Because no, 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 the
2: Jets. That's not why the Jets did it. I'm yeah. just saying that's why Goodell does that. I think like
1: Stern used to like the boos. Yeah. He'd be like, "Is that all you yeah. got?" Yeah. You know, because um, in a way, that's what the commissioner's job is—is is to take the heat from. Yeah, the and own. Gary Bettman. I think I think he. What's what's
3: the word? You'll get this—that he he embodies it, no, or, or embraces it. Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, whenever he you know goes to. Present the Stanley Cup. He loves the booze. He waves it on. He's you know he, yeah. Huh.
1: Well, remember he yeah. was an assistant to, to yeah. Stern, right? He was the, beneath Stern. You didn't, you remember that Gary Bettman? Yeah. Years and,
2: years, and yeah. years. Yeah.
1: They say they say actually the theory was that he's been a double agent the whole time, <laughs> yeah. like to go and sabotage hockey so he couldn't compete <laughs> yeah. with the NBA. I mean, I don't know. Was he a good commit? Or is is he still the commissioner? Still the commissioner? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. how old is he? Uh, I don't know. Probably in the sixties. All right, so what do you think of the Jets? Uh, well, let's tie in the Aaron Rodgers. So I, I felt like they way overpaid for Rodgers. We touched on it last week. Yeah. Have you come around on that? Um, well,
2: after seeing the draft, yes, because okay. I think the the drop-off, I said from 13 to 15, made no difference. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, throw in the switch of the first-round picks. The the important thing was that you still had a first-round pick. It turns out the Jets going from 13 to 15 hurt them massively. Because they could not get their top choice, which was an offensive tackle. An offensive lineman. When the Patriots traded, which, (laughs) good job Belichick. Well, that's what they're Uh, saying. This was a double win. Yeah, yeah. He traded it with the Steelers. The Steelers took Broderick Jones. The Jets were left scrambling to figure out who they were going to draft. And they're trying to spin it and say that Will McDonald was their top-rated pass rusher. But he wasn't even the first pass rusher taken. So how could he be their top-rated pass rusher unless they just think... More of him than everybody else does. Which, again, does that mean that every team before them is an idiot? Uh, I don't know. I think they were left scrambling after that trade. If they were at 13, they would have gotten the offensive tackle. At 15, they didn't get him.
1: And I mean... The guts of Belichick, because the... Uh, I'm sorry, AJ, I'm going to be leaning on you with the names. The cornerback that they the got from Oregon, the, the Patri- Patriots? Christian Gonzalez. Okay. So, Gonzalez, a lot of people were mixed on him. They're saying his physical skills are elite. He's got great intuition, but on the field, it doesn't play as well, right? Okay. But Belichick obviously loves great cornerbacks. And he obviously likes this guy, because he picked him but when he was and and it was a drop when he was at 14 meaning if the patriots were to stay where they were they would have gotten everyone would have loved that Gonzalez pick yep. right mm-hmm. cuz
0: i mean what, he was borderline top 10 like, it, by most mock guys
1: yeah, yeah. so it's like it, they one of their needs was a corner it would have been value based on the mock instead he goes oh okay give me the fourth rounder i'll jump back three spot I was it 17 to 14 right yep. say, yeah. i'll jump back 3 and like you said, Pittsburgh, he probably said, hey, because again, they've been in, belichick has been doing this a long time. It's gonna be like, who are you going for? You know, because if, if the, it's the right if it's the right person, he might say, okay, I'll roll the dice. Now, if you're taking them, I only gotta dodge two more pits, right? right?
3: We didn't want him anyways.
1: Yeah. So, it, and then if he hears the left tackle, then he's thinking, okay, well, the Jets, they want a yeah, the left tackle. This is strong. This is perfect, right? Yeah. And, and this has been said, and I think it's great insight, but, you know, this has been like, an angle that they said, you know, Belichick was even smarter here. But then to think if that guy could have went, Gonzalez, you'd be thinking, man, and then he turns out that 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 FOMO kind of thing, but not fear of missing out, but fear of missing out on the player that becomes the super you know, there was the guy that Randy Mueller, who's the GM guy on the athletic, he said and you know what? If I got to play against them, I'm okay with that too. That was, he was doing analysis on a quarterback he didn't like. And apparently one of the things they talk about in these rooms is, do you really want to go against him? If we don't draft him, mm. someone else is going to mm. draft him. And in his concept was, if you're comfortable going against a guy, that's another sign not to draft him. Mm. You know? Like, I'm going to pose the following question to you guys. You can get ready for it now. Over under Super Bowl wins Ravens next seven years. All right. Did they go up or down that number with Lamar? If Lamar would have left, I think everyone agrees this year would have been a worse year. But would you—and no, let's not answer it now. Let's ponder it. But would you—you're over-under for the Ravens Super Bowls, go up or down with Lamar's decision? As I'm posing the question, I think it's a very valid point to say it didn't go up. We'll talk about it. But in general— that 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 type of analysis is, hey, if we make a mistake now, it might be 10 years of playing against this guy or whatever. And it's like it's the fact that Belichick is willing to say, you know what, I don't I got my opinions, but I don't know for sure. I'd rather have two picks at 40 than one pick at 30. Mm-hmm. And to me, that history tells us that's right, and that's humility from the guy that apparently has a ton of ego by some account.
0: Yeah, and I think what you said about him t- taking away what the Jets wanted, like, it's a game, too, where you're trying to to make it tougher on the teams in your division, and the guy, you were talking about Fallers and Jalen Carter being one of them. Somebody said they talked to two separate uh, NFC East GMs about the, the Eagles getting Jalen Carter and what their thoughts were. One of them said, ugh, and the other <laughs> said, shit. So, like, obviously, it's like, and not that any of those NFC East teams had a chance to draft him, but how the other how the other teams in your division perceive your draft and what you're able to do to yeah. affect their draft, I think, That's is important. More, but
1: in a way, that kind that contradicts my general point, which is we don't know. I mean, Carter my understanding is the whispers are that it wasn't the racing, that Carter was just the coaches in were really negative to the Georgia coaches didn't like him. Mm. Is again, I'll say this is allegedly what's being said. Right? Well, it's what's being said and it's alleged, right? Um like he didn't show up at, like he wouldn't show up at Pratt you know just all the things you'd expect from a guy who let's say isn't engaged with football all that yeah. much I don't know the guy I know he's a great physical specimen I never I don't watch much college football so I'm not like judging my 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 TV couch scouting right which I don't believe in anyway but what I know is that Seattle I mean, Fez, you thought Seattle was going to take him. That was the
3: information I had, yes.
1: And that makes a ton of sense. Because and that
3: hurt my feelings when they didn't. Because
1: let's be my honest, wallet. Seattle has that strong organization that can take in a troubled guy maybe. The fact they pass on him and take a cornerback, which they never take high. That tells me there was some. There's more. There's something beyond the smoke there with the guy.
0: Maybe so. I I know every so five Georgia players got drafted in the first round last year. Mm-hmm. All five of them said Jalen Carter was the best player on their team. No one's doubting that. And, and then I I always think about you have to weigh like that what you think of the character versus the talent because what you're saying those coaches are
1: saying that's the same things they said about Randy Moss. That's the and, same and things they be, said about and, Warren Sapp. And let's be honest now, Randy Moss. If we look back at Randy Moss. Was he, he was so talented. What percentage of his potential did he fulfill? 85. 85? Maybe. Look look at his pro football reference. He had a lot. Remember, the Patriots got him for a fifth round pick. Yeah. I mean, I think he—he's he, still <laughs> yeah. the second best wide receiver in the history of but, but time. What does that mean? Meaning, is—is is, was he the second best wide receiver when it comes to to production or towards we're saying towards we're production? St- well, I—I I look at up. I'm interested in that hmm. because Randy, how does the how do the Raiders trade him for a fifth round pick? Is the or fourth or fifth? I can't remember. How I don't know. I think Randy Moss was so talent. It's like. If a guy is like a brilliant guy and he's doing, you know, he's partying, he's staying out late at night and he goes to college and gets a 3.6 GPA, does that mean the studying doesn't matter? Or does it mean that it was just this guy was so smart he could get a 3.6 and still stay out late at night? Yeah,
2: imagine if he didn't go out and
1: he studied all the time. Yeah, I, I would make the case the history of the NFL is the guys who are trouble underperform. Like, think about who, and again, I think the Saps a great example of one that didn't. Underperform. Like he had a great career. Let's accept that. Boy, AJ's really quiet. That's a sign. That oh, i I'm, like I'm, I'm you, I was looking up the numbers. Oh, okay. And then
3: you got the guys like Ryan Leaf, right? That just like.
1: Yeah, you know. but was that an attitude thing? Or oh, maybe
0: it was. I, I think it was so. Fourth all time reception, second all time receiving touchdowns. It's
1: pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. We, so, so, so how about yards?
0: Or that's what I meant, yards, fourth all-time yards, second all-time uh, re- uh, t- receiving touchdowns.
1: And who's one, two, and three? It's Jerry Rice.
0: Uh, Jerry Rice is one in touchdowns.
1: Jerry and, Rice is one in everything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and in re- receiving yards, it's Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, and Terrell Owens.
1: Boy, I would have never thought T.O. had the third most receiving yards.
3: Who was the, the Redskin wide receiver? Didn't he get all those catches? Uh, Monk? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's he's fallen way down the
0: list. Like yeah, he's 22nd game, all time on, on receiving completely. yards now. Yeah. yeah. I thought you Well, he got lots of catches. Don't like. do
1: a Howard Cosell imitation. All right, so don't worry. <laughs> um <laughs> let's say this. Randy Moss obviously had his ebbs and flows, and that Natty had a hell of a career, no doubt. And let's say Warren Sapp makes your point. Who's third on this list of
0: guys that were, you know, you know what? You know better than me. Uh-huh. But that, like, what I read about why Dan Marino fell in the draft was that There was
1: were... rumors of cocaine. It, it, it was no sense. There was, it, and it ends up that if it, I don't know if it was true or not, but it certainly didn't continue into the league. But that there was really big rumors about that.
0: I, I just remember that there was rumors about his character, and yeah. that, that and was...
1: again that's a catch-all, right? I mean, if a, and again, drug problems. Sometimes people never. I mean, look, look at uh, what was that that Browns um, uh, wide receiver from five or six years ago that. Had the substance abuse. Oh, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, Gordon, mm. it's ruined his career, you know? So, I mean, in a way, substance abuse potentials or, or rumors, I think teams take seriously.
0: But let, let, go ahead. Des Bryant was another guy, people started to question his character, and he went like late 20s. <sighs>
1: I guess what I – well, I – That's was, a good example. I, well, no, I disagree because really? I remember that. No, here's why I disagree. I remember that draft, and Pittsburgh actually took a receiver the pick before. I think it was Antonio Holmes. I can't remember. Mm. But um, can you look that up, McKenzie? But um, – and I was very ecstatic to get the, the player mm. we got. And, 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 but I want to remember who it was. Uh, it might be, in hindsight, goofy. But I would make the case Des Brian had an underwhelming career. Right. I mean, in general, like when we get to the Des Bryant level this soon in the conversation, it's a sign there's a lot of guys, you know, that, that, that came and went that, that did nothing, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, I, I think sometimes it's unfair, you know, and, and let's be honest, it often involves race. Um, all right. So let's see here in the draft. OK, so Pittsburgh took Pouncy that year. That's interesting. I wonder why I had that in my mind, Pouncy. Now that there's a guy mm, that just reminds me of the Super Bowl against Green Bay. He hurt himself like in week three, and they kept him on IR the entire season. Oh no, they didn't put him on IR hmm. back then. There was only season-long IR, and because they thought he could play in the playoffs, and he finally gets to the Super Bowl, and he still can't play. Hmm. So they kept, and I think he might have went some, but it just didn't work. Um, and then Mendenhall fumbled. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time that was their third Super Bowl in like six years, Pittsburgh. And it and and it's like when they lost, I had a sense it was like you never know when you're going to get back. And it's been and it's so funny because it's been what uh, ten, eleven years since then. When Pittsburgh won in '80 and didn't win, win again until 2005, it was 25 years. That 25 years felt like it was so long. Now, if I say when's Pittsburgh won a Super Bowl, I go, "Oh yeah, it hasn't been so. It's been 10 years now." I mean, like you, the Bills are you're, never. You're used to it's that an easy
0: answer. Bengals
1: I mean, never. You 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 guys are used to that. And oh, Scott, yeah. the
0: Jets fan, yeah, it's the first third one ever. I think so. It's been yeah, it's been a while. You
2: won the back-to-back AFC Championship games in two thousand
1: nine, yeah. two thousand ten. So wait, let's get this straight: Super Bowl three for you, right? Okay, <laughs> never for fail. Eighteen-point underdog. <laughs> oh, for three in Super Bowls.
3: Oh, for and O for four. four. We did cover two of them.
0: Now McKenzie's got some. He's got some wins.
1: What, what? What do you mean the 49ers? Well, no, they haven't won a Super. Now, what is McKenzie? Where were the Shanahan's? Nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-eight.
4: <laughs> Nineteen ninety-nine. What's that? The three Super Bowl wins that uh, I have held, the Lombardi trophies that I have held, the replicas or whatever in my uncle's house. That's cool. So you held the replica dearly. Is it true? Is it true that they had a, a guard
1: watching when you touched it? No, I'm, a, I'm the favorite <laughs> nephew.
3: You know, I just found out if you, if you win a green jacket, you got to give it back after a year. You don't get to keep it. What? That sucks. At really the
1: Masters? Stupid. Yeah. And then they give it to the same person. The same I don't know. The I don't know person. if they
3: recycle it or what, but you got to give it back.
1: Did John Daly ever win?
3: I don't think any jacket would ever fit him. <laughs> no, he won the PGA and he won the um, the uh, British.
1: Lakers up ten, up ten in the first game, end of the third almost. Okay, so really, I'm not hearing much about the Jets. You, I like what you're saying about you know Belichick and the trickery mm-hmm. and all that. And I think it is an important point. The best drafters typically let the draft come to them, and they understand it's all just statistics. It's all probability. We think this one guy's 52%. We think the other guy's 51 And you know what? That's not worth. I mean, look, when do the Patriots trade up? Never? Never. Because, or hardly ever? Because
3: there's always a premium put. that If you look at the point system and yes. how much it's really worth, if you're going to make the trade and you're trading up, you're going to get screwed.
1: Most more likely. than not. More Most often likely. than not. um, The Aaron Rodgers. Now, what I also thought was horrible about that deal for the Jets was that they let Green Bay. Like, there was some situation where the Jets had two picks in the second round.
2: Yeah, 42 and 43.
1: Yeah. yeah. The fact that they gave Green Bay the, the better pick mm-hmm. was one of the stupidest things I could ever imagine. Because you just added one more what-if to the naysayers after the yeah, fact, right? But,
2: but the 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 Jets. Still got. I think that was their best pick, was their second round pick because they took. Okay, the- but what
1: I'm, I'm forgetting that yeah. is, and I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on it. But what I'm saying is, if you keep the better of those two picks, there's the at least. Then whoever you take, you're getting who you want. Green Bay. That trade wouldn't have affected.
2: Yeah, Green Bay can't take your guy.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and now who's to say? Like Green Bay took someone before them. Mm-hmm. If that guy turns out really good, that will be the whole conversation or one yes. of the conversations about the draft. So why set yourself up for that vulnerability? Mm-hmm. when there's no way Green Bay would have said no to the deal just because of that swap. I mean, that, that if you can't win that negotiation point, you know, but continue.
2: Yeah, I thought the, the second round pick for the Jets, the uh, Joe Tipperman, Tipperman, whatever how you pronounce it, the, the tack, uh, center from Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I don't like his, that's the, his best. Le- his, the length of his arm. Well, they say he's too tall to
2: be a center. Okay, they say that, that works six, six and yeah. the, be, so maybe he transitions to another. But they say he's a very high football IQ guy, Ooh. and so intangibles. He's, yes, so, he's, so he, he's white. He, he might not be the starter. Is that the code word? Is he, is he white? Is that the code? Is he, is the, he white? Yes. Is that See? the, is that the code word? He's a center though?
3: from Wisconsin. Yeah.
2: I didn't know was the, from Wisconsin. Is that the code word? Like <laughs> on that show, the league they used to, the the fantasy football show. They said uh, sport, uh, sports analysts have different code words to represent I race. I think that's fair to say. Where, like, scrappy means a white wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. good weight room guy is scrappy. You know, when a guy is a spark plug, it usually uh-huh, means, uh-huh. you know, like a Latin baseball player is a spark plug. Huh, okay. uh, that's what they say on the show, things like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they say this guy is a very smart football player to the point where, like, that's what you want out of your center to call the blocking adjustments. And if you're not going to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback – Next year or the year after, and it's going to be a younger quarterback, having a smart anchor to your offensive line is the way to build, you know, your your line.
1: No, it makes sense. Because I mean, he's that, not
2: going to start this year, yeah. but, you know, moving forward. You
3: know, that center, the snap in the ball when the other team's offside, that is worth so much that, like, he can split second, you know, see, mm-hmm. you know, peripheral vision because now you get a free play, and now Aaron Rodgers is chucking the ball down the field, you know, with that free play. It's worth a lot.
1: That would be an example, the center of things that's evolved in betting. Back if you read any of the books from the let's say the late eighties, early nineties, you know, some of the seminal handicapping books, they will say the, you know, the the second most important position or a high value is the center. Mm-hmm. And if the center's out, it's always a half point because of the handoff and the and it's like now center is actually, I think, considered the lowest value position on offense. Now I'm not saying that those Characteristics you're talking mm-hmm. about aren't important, but I'm saying, McKenzie. If I remember right, if if we if we look at the um, positional value chart, the PFF did. They, I think center is the lowest. Do you recall?
4: Yes, I'm looking that up right now. But it's one of the lowest. It's either that or guard. Yeah, I think the center's below the guard. It's
2: interesting if you look back at the like the best teams that the Jets have had. They've been their offensive line has always been anchored by uh, oh, Mangold, an, an elite right? center yeah. from Kevin Mawai and then to Nick Mangold.
1: These were the non Super Bowl years, though, right? They never had a Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, they had the Jets, the Jets, or the Jets in nineteen sixty nine. Broadway Joe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the center. Now, were
1: you happy that the the Rogers didn't take Broadway Joe's number?
4: Yes. Yeah, that I was. Think,
2: the, the, now Namath probably would have said yes. If well, he, I think if, he did say if, yes. yeah, if he asked, but you don't do that.
4: All According right. to their study, center is actually the most least valuable position of any position only running backs close but no defensive position is less valuable than center okay so right like the the amount of war i guess on average
1: that these positions got per team i'm guessing is what this is Yep. um so quarterback this just gives you some relative value I, I won't do decimal points quarterback 53 cornerback 26 so right off the bat the second most important position is half as valuable then safety, which is interesting, is because that one is cheap on the market is 25. So 26, 25. Wide receiver, 21. Now, wide receiver has been surging lately financially. So maybe the NFL is a little ahead. Hmm. Linebacker at nine. So like like literally once it's your past wide receiver, cornerback. Now this is interesting. So they have edge rushers at seven points. See, now the, the market for edge rushers is so much bigger
4: than this. Okay, tack oh, go ahead. The best of the best edge rushers, but this is taking an approximation of the 5th and 6th best edge rusher on a team as well, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, but it's but and but so the 5th and 6th wide receiver is not important either. I mean, so mm. I don't know. Uh tackle is um well, first of all, it's not going to be fifth or sixth. It's going to be how many play on the field at any given t- I mean, right. you, you only got so many snaps. But the marquee
4: edge rushers, to me, seem so much more valuable than an average edge rusher. I wonder if that's the disconnect. Well, as opposed to, what I mean, no, any other position? Well, number one wide receivers, they're pretty good. They're top 30 in the league. I wouldn't say that about, you know, the best edge rusher on a team that doesn't have any good edge rushers.
1: Huh? But not every team has a top 32 receiver, because
4: that means there's no team with two good receivers. No, but if they don't, it's... What are we are you debating me? Just trying to. No, I just want to see. Is that what we're but
1: okay? Because I don't even understand your point. What you're saying is the edge rushers, there's like this group of a handful. Oh, let me think. The 49ers have one of those, don't they? Sure. Okay. So it's those people, like Bosa and stuff, are so valuable, but the but the 15th or 18th best isn't. As like relatively to the number one or two wide receiver in the league versus the 15th or 18th.
4: Yeah, like take all the other edge rushers on the 49ers, throw them together. I don't care. Nick Bosa elevates above them. Okay. So I think some of this has to do with defense has this less named players, and you just know
1: a handful of names. And usually it's because they were drafted high, so they got all the hype around it. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough to judge how good Nick Bosa is versus JJ Watt or um, uh, TJ Watt. I don't know right but i can watch running backs and quarterbacks and get a better feel i mean i think it's easier on the couch to know how good a quarterback is than a d lineman i think so sure a lot of people have a hard time watching
0: football like watching the trenches of a football game well yeah, like I it's, think it's, it, it's it's easy well, to watch quarterback throw to wide receiver things like well, if that if you're not
1: watching the old 22 it's really hard to get true i mean i think you could watch a ticker of a game and get almost as much as watching the game. But I
0: think people who, it, like, if, if you're built that way, if you, when you first start watching all 22, it's, like, it's tough for people yeah. to watch trench football. Mm-hmm.
1: I skip it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do it. You skip the game broadcast. Yeah, not... I mean, I, in general, I, I think that if, you, if it's not in the data, it's hard. I, I have not met many. I mean, Fez, let's admit the following. Amongst the biggest betters in the world the analytical or the um the quantifiable the the empirical whatever you want to call the the hard numbers is always a huge if not a 100% or 80 plus percent of their of their uh consideration
3: exactly and like one of the pioneers of handicapping like who came up with a whole bunch of models has readily admitted he's like I don't watch the games i just put it in the computer
1: yeah, I mean, in in a weird way, watching the games can can be make you biased. And like, I'm a big believer. I mean, first of all, you at what you do are I've never seen anyone as good at the way you approach it, the way you pick off rogue numbers, the way that you can let the market tell, the way you have different ways to bet the same th- a theory or the same thesis. Elite. But I think if you didn't watch now, you do in-game betting, so you're making money from. And it.
3: if you're in-game betting, you better be watching the game oh, yeah, because yeah. now
1: all of a sudden there are you know you, you, well, unique yeah. nuances. See, here's the thing: I believe you could tell a watcher, like someone you paid, that this is when I need you to tell me something. When there's an injury, like you could make it where, like a very simple, not simple-minded, but let's say an average-minded person who followed directions well. You could tell him, "Here's the seven times I need you to notify yeah, me."
3: Thirty-five yard completion. Oh, the guy's out of bounds. When they come back from the timeout, they're gonna the the, the other team's gonna go ahead and, and and throw the red flag and it's gonna get overturned, as an example.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's not so much that you're learning about the game; it's that you've got to see those triggers that are gonna trigger bats or whatever, right?
3: Exactly. And B just
1: kicks somebody.
3: He's probably gonna get kicked out of the game. Bet against Philly.
1: Now, if you're an elite X's and O's guys. Guy, I think you can watch a game and get a feel when a team is gonna play better in the second half because they're dominating. Like I think basketball it's almost easier because like if you get a lot of open shots and you miss them, that tends that means you'll continue to get open shots. Yes, right. So I think in no sport and in football, I think if you're blowing them off the line, you can see that where maybe you don't see it in the stats as much. I mean, in the end, you will because okay, you get more rush yards. But I do see the in-game there being a big value to it. I mean, even beyond the point.
3: And of, the weather. yeah. When yeah. the weather changes, that's, that can be dramatic. Because it might be forecast 50% chance of rain. Well, guess what? It started to rain. And now it's starting to rain hard. It's time to bet under.
1: I think if someone watches the All-22 for every game, and which is not that hard for the NFL, right? I mean, no. in a week.
2: No, I, I mean, I have access to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the access is, yeah. is just, you know, whatever, rewind or whatever. Yeah, you know. pay for the subscription. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying if someone watches all 22 and all the games... And they made any effort to learn, meaning those you can get classes online now. That, that mm-hmm. these guys that no film, five hundred bucks, you get twenty-two hours where they give you videos. You get like an hour of consulting time. I mean, I've never done it. I've considered it, but I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to head down that road. But I think that person that does that diligently could watch these games and learn things that I still think it would be less than a third of their handicap. But I think in a round table I'd want that guy sitting. I agree. So but boy, they're hard to find. There's so few like the guys that know that don't bet typically, and the guys that bet don't know that. It seems Yeah.
3: Like. Well, and and some of the best guys they that could make a fortune betting, like like the 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 people that belong to six different draft leagues. All right. Mm-hmm. And so they they know more about those players than anybody, mm-hmm. you know. But they a lot of those guys don't even want to bet. Yeah. I I got to be honest. Okay,
2: yeah, I said I have uh, one of my former podcast co-hosts. You know, he's, he's a massive film guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, this is a you know former employee of you know, worked with Belichick, worked with Nick Saban. Okay, okay, doesn't know a thing about betting. Like when I tell him the point spread, he's like, Oh, oh, so they're favored by that many. Oh, interesting. Like clueless when it comes to the but betting. Like aspect the slot
3: of receiver's going to just dominate. The yeah. matchup's yeah. so good here.
1: I've known a lot of like um, and this is different, but the same. I've known. I mean, like. Couple dozen college football coaches, full time guys, and enough where I've talked to each of them at least a couple hours over the years. So, like, you know, I know them a little bit. Um, none of them could have been good batters. Yeah. So, like. I mean, I've had them give me picks, and it's like I think so and so is going to roll. They are no good. There's something about being on the team that means you can't look at things honestly. Because if you did, you'd always be like, as you're saying, they know they don't have a chance. These teams don't think like that. They just feel that they have irrational exuberance. They have optimism. I mean, Mackenzie, obviously you've been you know around these uh, Shanahan teams. Would you agree with that? That not talking about the Shanahans in particular, but the people within these teams have it's almost like see mckenzie mckenzie when he talks about the 49ers sounds like the worst handicapper that's ever walked the earth (laughs) right but then he actually kills in the nba and he does pretty well in the nfl otherwise so i think you answer i answer my own question in a way i mean (laughs) think of mckenzie you think if you know but like he's so biased
4: he can't even Mm -hmm. see it but did you notice that in other people I remember talking to my uncle about Vegas, and he's like, The thing about it is, nobody wins. They know nobody wins. Well, then, Faz, your house, you're going to have to give back at some point.
1: I
3: didn't believe him. You know, Pursuing to that, I used to meet people, and they're like, What do you do? And I like, if I knew them, I'd say, You know, I, I bet sports for a living. And then they'd ask me, do Do you win? I'm like no, I'm just lying. Wow! Well, <laughs> I mean, what a strange question. Do well, you see, win? But I, because they're in, in, in the program. I think it's a
1: good question. Interesting. Because here's why. Wouldn't you say most of the people that say they're professional batters, even on the ground in Vegas, are struggling to make rent? Oh God, yes. So what I'm saying is, is like, do you win? Maybe the real question is, do you win enough to have a nice lifestyle? That
3: and that's the, the right question. Yeah. It's like asking somebody, do you win playing poker? Well, of course you can win playing. You're going to win playing poker. I mean, you're playing. Mackenzie went
1: like a, three years losing one, two. No, he won. He just How wasn't... would I do
3: that for three years?
1: Well, you had your
4: Airbnb scam. Going no, that was that was before uh, that. I'm uh, guessing I used McKenzie... the poker money to buy the Airbnb. <laughs> I'm guessing. That's oh come on! I've seen that's you play. a little bit of an exaggeration.
3: I'm guessing <laughs> Mackenzie won twenty thousand a year
1: playing poker. I'm guessing you're wrong. Twenty thousand. Do you know how hard it is to take twenty thousand out of one two? You know, funny thing is, one two is a lot harder to beat than two five.
3: Well, wait. If you make a hundred a day, that's thirty five thousand.
1: Yeah, I don't. Right? Th- I think. What do you mean a hundred? So the whole thing about the hundreds a day is that you make a hundred on good days. Then when you lose a hundred, it's like you got to make three hundred the next day. Think about
3: it. I think you can make five big
1: blinds in a one one three. You know what would be interesting? Is I, I'm sure of it. What I'm telling you is, well, first of all, you don't realize in, now, if you're playing, I don't know online. Right. I hear online is so much tougher.
3: So. I, yes, online is incredibly difficult.
1: If you're playing one, two in Vegas, even if you're at the Blagio or at the Venetian, if it's a Tuesday night in February, I'm not going to play Tuesday gonna, night in February. When then. are you going to play, Steve? So, Pri- I'll
3: play Saturday night, at three a.m. Okay, I'm but serious. that's what.
1: But you got to play five days a week if you're, or seven days a week if you're doing the hundred dollars a day theory.
3: Yeah, so you play. You, my my buddy, but <laughs> my buddy Jared is like the king of like he'll play from like nine at night until six in the morning on Saturday, and then leave the bike club or whatever. So nine at
1: night to six in the morning is nine hours. That's a normal shift of poker. Uh, yeah. So now you got that tomorrow. But
3: he'll, yeah, he'll do it on like, on like Friday. On Saturday, he'll start at noon and he'll literally play like 20 straight hours.
1: I'm not say, I think you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying no one can make a living. Uh, at it. Yes. I'm saying the idea that, do you realize, I mean, let's get something straight. Anyone that works a minimum wage job would probably rather play poker than that. Wouldn't you say? Yes. If, if they felt like if they could be guaranteed the same money. I'm not sure about that. You are high as a kite. Would you rather work at Arby's or sit at a card table for eight hours a day? And eat exotic fish. You made your point. Okay. So I think we could all say, well, there's probably some correlation between minimum wage and higher level jobs and intelligence. But there's not a direct one, meaning there's smart people working minimum wage jobs. Oh, absolutely. There's dumb people making big money. Not at poker necessarily, but at other things. Usually bookies. Okay. So <laughs> So so to me, the very fact of you dismissing making thirty K a year, like, oh yeah, that's the given part. For whom? All right. I mean, I you know, I don't know. I, I could I think during my best poker like playing, I could have made like eighty, I think. But that would have been a hard eighty. And I mean I you know, and that was at, would have been at five ten and and now I would have I don't know how much better I would have gotten playing that much. Right. in theory, I would have gotten better, but, but I you know. liked
3: playing Bellagio, right? Yeah. So yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't like go to like the places that were pain in the butt, like the MGM Grand, to get in and out of, and there's no parking, and you got to walk ten minutes. And well, see, like, the most right? I ever
1: played there was a short period. Well, when I moved to Vegas, I played at the Mirage. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every day for like a year and a half. That initially I was more poker than anything, mm-hmm. and which because I used to kill these home games, right? Yeah. Well, I figured I was different here, you know. But I was winning, but I was playing at uh, the time. There was no no limit nowhere, so this would have been nineteen ninety eight. tough. Yeah, so I was playing six twelve yeah. and and then ten twenty limit, and the ten twenty was a kind of a tough game. Um, I believe it, but you know, but back then they were had just as much stud as hold'em. Right. There was studying and, and I was playing hold 'em at the time um but then when the blagio opened and then the money maker thing happened, there was like five years like between oh f- four maybe and ten, I was playing at least. Two or three times a week, and that was the golden age. Yeah, that I think the so. Time. I agree. There was a yeah. lot of money there. You could have be-
3: easily made a nice living then. You but know? yeah, I because agree because
1: with that. after money everybody
0: thought they could win playing poker.
1: And it took a while. And what happened was, it was very Darwinian. You'd come out from New Jersey or wherever, and it. And here's the thing about poker: it lets you win enough, even if you're negative EV, that you can rationalize that you're you're supposed to. If, win. I,
3: if that guy hadn't sucked out on the yeah. river, I and I lost that three thousand dollar pot, I'd be up. I'd be be up eighteen
1: hundred this week. Exactly. Exactly. And and you forget the times that you got the good time of the card. So um I don't know when exactly, but I'd say as far back as maybe fifteen at that point, uh so two thousand and fifteen is it dried up because when I, I
3: agree. I, yeah, that, that was like exactly the year that I basically stopped playing poker
1: because you know everyone who was a loser could like th- there were holdouts and then eventually it was like no I can't beat this and maybe they dropped down to one two or they played something or else. or I'd just
3: sit at a table I'd play like seven minutes I'm like this is stupid and I'd get, I'd play one orbit and I'd get everyone would fold around and then they the, the, the blinds would chop and I'd be like the hell with this
1: yeah and 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 then the last comment I'd have is places like two plus two in the different communities of practice is what they're called. There was a, the, a base level good player. There was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, it took a lot to become a good player. I mean, you could read, uh, you know, Doyle's book or, you know, it. but it took a lot. But when you got to simulation, so you could play thousands of hands in in a short period of time. And then they got these solvers into, I mean, it just, the, it became not easy, but it became a clear path to be good. Not great, but good. Guys
3: would play online half the time, and they, they would see 10 times more hands. Yeah, yeah. And then 20 times, because they play four-table, and all the tables are getting dealt five times as fast. So that's 20 more hands per hour that they're getting experience with. And, oh, that's how I should play, Kings. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I would say this.
1: For some reason, the poker players helped each other out. I mean, poker players are some of the biggest assholes you're ever going to meet. Because they're usually pe- Let's think about this. If you're a really smart guy, and a lot of these are smart guys, you can make more money on Wall Street than you ever yeah. can at poker. Yep. So if you're playing poker, it means you're kind of contrary. You're kind of an iconoclast. You're like saying, I, I don't like, you know, I, I want to buck society. Well, those people tend to be disagreeable. You know, so you got smart people making a lot of money that aren't working very hard, but they're working at their game. But it's not hard, you know, that, you know, they are and we've seen these people fall. A lot of them have real, you know, they go broke. But what I'm saying is that these assholes tend to help each other. But in in the handicapping, it's like there's so little helping of each other. It's a weird thing. I mean, Fez, you've known both. of Why do you think that is?
3: It's a great question. yeah, because, um, I don't know, because every you know poker why? every poker player owes another poker player, and like lots of guys, and like, this isn't true, Handicap o-
1: owes money-wise? Yeah, they
3: constantly, they stake each other. Me, so, yeah, yeah, buy me into the 5,000, yeah, you know, One tourney. of my good friends
2: is, he was a, a pro professional for a long time, um, you know, doesn't do it much anymore, he transitioned into DFS, and then, you know, Which you got out of the game. You
1: see that, yeah. Yeah,
2: but he, when he was heavily involved in the poker community, and he was ranked, he's one of the top 20 players, or whatever, and he lived in a house with some of the top ten players in the world, and they all staky. They all, they all buy in on each, each, other. each other. They like, all like, have pieces. Of, whenever you go, whenever they enter a World Series tournament, they have pieces of each other. I got
3: five percent of Scott yeah. in the ten thousand, and I got eight mm-hmm. percent of AJ in the three
0: thousand today, etc. Yeah. Every time I, Fred and I would come out here to Vegas, we'd get into some tournament, and it was before the tournament. Sorry, I, you've got ten percent of me. I got ten percent of you. Every
2: time. Yeah, but imagine that across like exactly ten guys, you yeah, know, or whatever it is, five guys that have yeah, all piece of each other, and then and then someone like they'll share. So it's like Fez will tell me I have ten percent of RJ. I'll give you five of that, and I'll exactly. be like, okay, cool. So I don't even know you directly, mm-hmm. but I got Fez giving me part of his share of you.
1: But that seems that community there makes sense because yeah. in a way you you're, you're going to have ebbs and flows of your bankroll. So you know, okay, but here's the point they are playing each other oftentimes mm-hmm. but they're sitting there looking at simulations saying i think this is the place to see bat or like whatever and even online there's all this sharing of information that you just don't see as much with with handicapping.
3: There isn't, and a lot of handicappers are very tight to the. They don't yeah. want to share plays. They, right. they it, it's, it's weird. Well, they, they even they,
1: techniques. It's one yeah, thing. Yeah,
3: you think because because like like the, the yeah. guys I've done best with. Like I've got a core of people that we mm-hmm. share, and, and a lot of it's cross sport. I mean, what do I know about hockey? You know, talk to people that know hockey.
1: Yeah, I think there's a puck. No,
3: it's it, it's it's no. It's like soccer on ice. I right. can't see the ball.
1: It's a ballet, a savage ballet. <laughs> no, um, I think, and then we'll move on. It's at least up until legalization. It was harder to actually win at sports betting than it was in the poker. Remember, this was the poker boom when it was easier to win. And that I, think, I agree. With I think more people losing, and 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 they're just straight, scraping by, and and then ego gets involved.
3: And I can prove this. Is that you nailed it because poker players that bet sports all get destroyed. But sports bettors that play poker do fine. They're okay.
1: You know, they win. That's interesting. But I think usually it's (laughs) – but I'll tell you this. The poker players that bet sports play a lot higher. Oh, no doubt. They come in thinking they can beat anything. they got lots
2: of gamble in them. Yeah. Well, they transition – like I said, my my friend and his crew kind of transitioned into the Daily Fantasy when that started to boom. mm -hmm. You know, with the millionaire makers and all that stuff and then generating the thousands of lineups and doing all that stuff and – that it went from poker. That became to DFS. super competitive for yep. sure.
1: And and in a weird way, um, it's almost like there's certain phone salesmen that will move that, that are just great salesmen on the phone. And it, at one year or a couple years, it's going to be long distance minutes they're selling. Next, it's going to be uh, condos. But like it's almost like whatever market has the most froth in it and the most fat in it to, to garble up, they go to that market. Yeah, solar.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Lakers are going to win this thing, man. Up 12. Huh. We'll get McKenzie on talking a little. We're going to see what he thinks of the Suns. I think it's been a good start for the Suns, Fez. What do you think? No. No?
3: No, they're <laughs> getting their ass kicked. Got them uh, right where they want them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that they're away from altitude, I hear a series doesn't start until the road team loses a game, though.
1: Well, that or maybe game seven, maybe it should yeah. start at that point, right? Okay, well, the series can be over before it starts, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, AJ, I think you and I, it's time. All right. Uh-oh. <sighs> I'll make an opening statement that takes seven seconds. The topic is, this is in the opening statement, the Houston Texans trade, what they did at two and three. I, I Stroud, whatever, right? Whatever. I'm not sure, okay? I know the history on the Ohio State quarterbacks isn't great in this system, So it's not. And we'll see what happens with fields. I'm talking about the trade-up. This is the worst trade in the history of the NFL. The Herschel Walker trade was better. That's my opening statement.
0: Rebut. The Texans needed a quarterback. They couldn't get the best quarterback. They couldn't get the one they wanted. Mm -hmm. They got their next choice. Great. They also got the best non-quarterback in the draft. Okay. They gave up a first There's round.
1: There's a lot of debate. Remember, you just told me that there was a guy that went to Philadelphia that was the best non-quarterback in the draft. So which one is it?
0: No, I, th- I, th- I mean, I, th- I think they were probably a coin flip. One of them had so character what, issues. So, one of them didn't.
1: So one of the best two. But certainly physically not the best. Um. Well, because if one doesn't have character yeah, issues. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, so... Okay, so I believe Carter was favored, a small
3: favorite, to go first defensive player before the all these issues surfaced. If I recall correctly,
1: I mean AJ might have a better feel. I remember like a year. If we were to look right now, people putting out the twenty twenty four trash, right? Mm-hmm. When that was happening, it was certainly the Alabama. You know, uh, Will Anderson. Will Anderson. Um, he was like the guy that you know. It's almost the guy people get tired of because he was like when he comes out, he, you know. Carter, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you. I guess it doesn't even matter. The fact we're having this debate tells us that he wasn't. He's not. I mean, let's be candid. Where would he Anderson have gone last year when we had the guy? The Giants got um, who was the Giants D line? Davon Thibodeau. Thibodeau, mm-hmm. and then Anderson would have gone before him. I, I, I mean, a lot of people disagree with that. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then who who was the guy that from? Uh, H- Trayvon Walker was the guy who went first. He went for. I'm talking about Aiden, the guy. Hutchinson, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. I mean H- Hutchinson was the guy that 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 was supposed to be number one. So you, do you feel that Anderson would have? I think Will Anderson would have gone before any of those guys. I, I I mean you admit though that that's not a a, full, a, a unanimous opinion. Oh, certainly. All right. So it's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. But you lean that way. Okay. So it's a guy that in theory could have went. Fourth or, I mean, it's pretty reasonable. All right. So this is Mel Kuiper's uh, big board in April. So it was the beginning. A year ago. He had Anderson, one, Bryce Young, two. Well, that's a pretty good predictions. Stroud, three. So he did pretty well there. And then Carter, four. Wow. Okay. And oh, Seattle, number five, the wide receiver. JSN, as they call him, number five at the time. This D tackle Clemson, when, did he go in the he, first, first round? First round, late, late first round. Who took him? Dallas?
0: Uh New Orleans. Yep. Yeah. Thirtieth okay.
1: overall. Okay, so he dropped a lot. Tight end out of Notre Dame was seventh.
0: Second round. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, so that wasn't the oh, okay. So so Buffalo went up for another guy.
0: Yeah, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, I'm
1: gonna wanna get your opinion on that too. Um Okay, and then the wide receiver. Okay, wait. If I'm not mistaken, this number nine is who the Patriots got in the sixth um, round. Yeah,
2: he he was the
1: ninth guy on the board. He got in the sixth th- round.
2: Yeah, but didn't he? What, he left the program. Oh, though? they said it was like real yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, but that's when you take a flyer. You take a flyer and pick no two fifty. Not you know. Ooh, okay. Lakers still up six, but it's four minutes left. So it's tightened up. Um. So I mean, I think it's hard to say anything, but this was. A, a nice number one non quarterback, but clearly not like an, a a guy. And if you look at the last five years, it's not like he's one of the best prospects of the last five years. I mean, he's, he 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 could have easily not gone as the first non quarterback. He could have easily not gone. Sure. I mean, are the odds were saying that he was three and a half. Yeah, that was his over under. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying is is like you said, Carter was at different before yeah. the accident was right yeah. there with so, you know, when a guy isn't the sure first pick, he's not an, he's not a um a generational player. Some people at okay. the Texas Tech well, I mean, guy, what that Terry um, Wilson was yeah, going to go before. Yeah, a lot of talk him. he was going to go before and then there's issues yeah. with his foot they're saying. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like just in this draft we're saying Carter could have went except there was the you know, mm-hmm. problems with the law or what or character. And then Wilson could have went but his foot got hurt. It's like geez, if a guy is, you know, No one thought Trevor Lawrence was going second, right? So, I mean, this wasn't that kind of guy, right? Right. All right. So what they gave up was as much as the 49ers gave up to trade up to three. So, I mean, this was trading up to three effectively, right? So, I mean, it was the same. I think 12 to three was exact. Is that what the 49ers did? I think that was the exact trade up, actually.
0: Were the Niners at 12? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they gave up. Now, they were going up for Trey Lance. Now, again, in hindsight, a disaster. But at the time, no one knew, right? They thought he was good. So I mean, Mackenzie still thinks he's good. <laughs> so no. But the point I'm saying is they gave up more than that. How? Because. They gave up a second, a third, and a fourth. And next year's first. Yeah. And this year's first. So it was 12, you know, this year's swap. Then they gave a, a number two this year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, very valuable pick. And then a number three next year and a number one next year. Yep. And is it two next year, too? No. Okay. Wait, is that protected at all? No. There's no protection in the NFL. Yeah. That's the
0: point. If no <gasps> one can, here's the question. I mean, how can could
3: anyone be that stupid? Here's the That's question. I, 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 I they're going to be like, the, I, they're going to get the third pick next year. Will
0: they get a better player than Will Anderson with their draft pick
1: next year? Comparable. They, well, Comparable. Here's the thing. They could. This is supposed to be the best quarterback class that we've ever seen. or I don't know if we can say it that way. Let's just say this: you got the guy from USC, but you also have another guy that they think most, the most years would be right from up North there. North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, would he go? Would he go one this year? Probably not. What's your we,
3: over under on on what pick number they're going to get next year?
1: Four. Well, what we know for sure. Five. Oh, if you gave me an over or under four a five, and a half? I'd go under so fast. You had. Four right? and a half. Yeah, I well, right now, in right. Arizona have the two lowest win totals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but but
3: but I mean there are thirty teams in the league. You know, thirty. What I'm saying is, so. is
1: all you can do is look and say they're expected to have the second or the worst or the second worst.
3: Yeah, but I'd I'd say over under four and a half.
1: That's fine. Yeah.
3: It's still but, it's good. It's good.
1: But over under four and a half wins or over under four and, a half in- four and a half or their slot. Okay, here's why I think you might be right. They are going to put every ounce <laughs> of energy into winning next year. They, they can. are not
3: tanking.
0: Because because – First year with a new coach. Like, they, like the culture in Houston has gotten year, decimated.
1: Usually a first year with a new coach is the time to take a breath, get the lay but of the land. But they don't want
0: to look like asses Cause and this get is the their, number one pick. Because this is their third coach in three years. Like, you can only sell that to your fans so often that – like, it's, a, it's his first year. Give him, give him a break. Because they fired a guy after his first year, and then they fired another guy after his first year. They can't do that. Like, it, Texans fans have stopped showing up. They had to have not just a – wouldn't
1: have a new – I mean, who cares about the D tackle I mean, what I'm saying is – The I've coach never, did. They wanted the they, – they, You just said it. My right. understanding is – and again, this is speculation – is that they the, – that market concerns – in this case, the market of people going to the games. Wanted a quarterback. Wanted something to get excited about, wanted a quarterback. Even though they didn't get their quarterback, they wanted. Because their status quo was so poor, they just couldn't run
3: Davis Mills back. I mean, okay, so
1: I accept that. So, okay, so you got that. But then you got a new coach who apparently Denver wanted. So the ability that for the new coach to have some power was, I want to D tackle or DN. end And it's like okay, you know what we'll do? We'll pay like triple as much as we should to trade up mm. to, so they're not mad and the fans aren't mad. Well, that's the that's the motivation for the kind of decisions that destroy teams. Yep. I mean, dude, you just said, will they get as good? Yeah, I think next year there's a chance that they could have got a if they – first of all, the number one pick next year gets a haul that's, what, 30% better than Chicago got? Probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Which, they couldn't go another year without a quarterback. They couldn't. Why okay. not? I I'm, But with Stroud, you could have had the best of both worlds. Most quarterbacks their rookie years suck. Trevor Lawrence sucked. So you pick your quarterback. It satiates the fans to some degree. Hey, we're, ch- we're turning course. Okay? You don't do anything else. And then you are in line to potentially have the number one pick next year or the number two, which will get a haul, too. And you know what? If the 49ers need a quarterback, maybe the number three gets a haul because they'll try to trade up like crazy. It's a great
3: point. So if the Stroud works out, now all of a sudden you're getting the old the, the ultimate haul. Yeah. You know, and if and if he doesn't work, you work out, you just you're rose year, in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, one year you rose in them. I mean, someone it, will want him. It's a perfect storm. You either win or you're in a great position. And maybe you could be like Fields, which is, hey, we're not sure about him yet, but let's take the haul. Yeah. Because Carolina gave up a ton. No doubt. To the so it, it, and think about what this is going to do to the fan base when they see that every week I bet on Houston radio. The biggest conversation every week is going to be where they're draft, where they'd be drafted right now. Here's the
0: beauty of that, though. <laughs> they had a bunch of picks that they weren't supposed to have because they had a cancerous quarterback that left, and they and they he wasn't going to play for them anyway. So they got a bunch of draft picks that they wouldn't they would have never had before. They had Fez, the capital to do this with. Fez,
1: remember when you won that one four teamer? for like thirty thousand when it was a it was a fumble roosky at the end on Monday night. Ten teamer. It was a ten teamer and, and that play was like a one in, Kansas City, yeah. That was like a one in three hundred play or whatever, right? And it, it you would have won what did you win on that? I think it was fifty thousand. All right. Give football me football park. Give me ten of that. just just because you have it. You, you didn't expect to have it. No, that, like, that. This, is, this
3: is like Economics 101. This yeah. is like fixed costs. This is all. This is where we – once I have it – It's used it's, the capital. Do you still have all that money? Is it like tucked under your
0: your mattress? Well, or did you use it? Well, literally, it's in my foundation of my home, I guess you could say. You know? <laughs> that, then that's what they used on – Will Anderson but, the foundation but, of their football. It's, team. it's, it's the tile in is it, my it, swimming pool.
1: Here's, here's the real analogy. Is if Fed was able to make an investment with that 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 money that was going to pay off even more – and that investment was hey that one draft pick you have that you know the number 3 this year your draft pick in this case meaning the teams it can be or i guess not this year's but next year's potential draft pick that you traded we I mean what's the most get, what what do you put Houston's over under at for wins <laughs> I think five is
0: the most I could picture.
1: And what would you put the over under for their slot? Probably the fourth drive. or fifth. All right. Top five. All right. And there's a real chance, like a thirty, forty percent chance it's gonna be one or two. Well, probably higher than that. Yeah. I mean maybe a forty percent chance it would have been one or two. Yeah. So if you have an asset that remember this reminds me when the Steelers when Big Ben blew out his elbow and then they traded their first round pick for the next year. Where they hadn't traded the first round pick since the '60s. So the one time since '04, Kevin M- Mika. Yeah, yeah. It, they 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 said, you know what we, I did? I bet him the next week because I said Tomlin knows they're not going to lose a bunch of games. was <clears throat> no way that they trade that pick. Well, they did cover against San Seattle Fran- the next I week. Think San Francisco. I think. I think it was Seattle. I don't know. It could be. It was someone from the West, yeah. and and they got lucky and covered. They were like a six and a half point underdog. I remember it closed like five so plus three and turnovers. Uh, yes, but you know what? They went eight and eight that year. Yes, and I don't think Houston's going to. I mean, if somehow they do great, I
0: like, don't think they go eight and eight either. But they had to start building this roster in a real way at some point. Like, but
1: why would you do, dude? They have
0: a first round pick next year still. They still have one,
1: but they, they don't could. have one. The Browns aren't likely to be at the bottom of the draft. They weren't likely to be there the this drag. year
0: either, and they were. They were bad I, this year. But, but Browns AJ, are going to win eight say, or nine. Games. Yeah,
1: what you're saying that, I mean, you're saying all the things that people in like, like in grade school say b- before they learn. It's like you're right. There's a chance the Browns are going to go zero and seventeen. There is. There's a chance Houston wins the Super Bowl. But all we can do is look at things in a probabilistic. I don't use that word much, sense, which is what's the likelihood? And if you look at the likelihood, Arizona's pick is probably the most valuable pick next year. I agree. Who's the second most valuable pick next I year? I think Tampa's. Okay, I think that's fair. Who's the third most? Probably the Texans. So they took the third most valuable pick for a non-quarterback. Plus, that would have been enough. If they would have done the 12, for, you know, the 12-3, to 3, right, and next year's first, I would have said too much? Mm-hmm but okay the fact that they had to throw in a second this year and a third next year is i mean it's like the fleece of all time and everyone says for a non quarterback but
0: like i said I, I think the the plan all along was D'Amico wanted will anderson great but D'Amico they had to the, pay like 8 million a year so, so he the, should take he be happy with what he gets they had to get him a quarterback a, and so like everybody says well they traded up for a non quarterback they were going to take will anderson the smart move was to take cj stroud first because it made the price of the I third pick go Listen, down.
1: Th- that's an important point. And I think that was a sharp element to this. I mean, it, again, did it go down? Down from what? I don't know. What, what, if anything, if that went down, it shows you how valuable next year's one and two is going to be. Right? But anyway, I mean, would you have done
0: this? Would I have made that trade? Yeah. Tra- yeah. Wow. Well, I, here's the thing. Here's the difference. I didn't like any of these quarterbacks enough to take them with a top two pick.
1: So then you wouldn't have. Done I, you're right.
0: Did. I wouldn't have done this. Okay. But I understand why the Texans felt they had to because going out there with Davis Mills just couldn't happen.
1: And you know what is? Well, first of all, I can because you know what the the amount of money that the what's the war what's the worst NFL team the Browns when they went zero sixteen like two straight years or whatever what was their fam how many people what was the percentage of sellout? out it was I think it still sold out right. So you think Houston's... The Texans didn't have a sellout at home this year. Okay, so let's say... What do you think the percentage of occupancy or whatever there would have been if they would have went back with Davis Mills? Would they have half the stadium full? Probably. Okay, so how much money is that? Eight games or nine based on who's got the ninth home game. Half of the stadium, okay? That's going to be like 5% of the revenue they make when you look at TV and everything. Now you got to think of concessions and sure. whatever. But you consider this. Consider if Houston would have traded out of number two. Forget three. They trade out of two and they take a haul that's commensurate with what Arizona got. Even meaning, because no one's going to be as dumb as them, because that was dumb, in my opinion. So, but let's say they get the haul that, 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 for two, that Arizona got for three. Now they got next year's pick still, and they got like multiple. First rounders. I mean,
0: it's and and could have taken Jalen Carter down the down the road.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean that. It's like they double whammy themselves. They took a quarterback they didn't love, then they said, you know what? Let's just double up
2: here. But this is the thing with a new head coach. Now you you start fresh. New head coach, new quarterback. You give the fan base something to get excited about. You sell some CJ Stroud jerseys, and you sell everyone on this clean slate idea. It's like, you know, think about like like I will bring you back to the Jets. I mean, the Jets were the best case scenario because they actually went on to the AFC championship that year, but Rex Ryan came in as a new hire and they trade up and draft Mark Sanchez. And and was Mark Sanchez, you know, a a a, a runaway, bona fide top tier prospect? G- Probably not. G- he only played, said he, he only played eleven games in college. It's not like he was like this big time, you know, college star. But it sold the fan base on this fresh start, new head coach, new quarterback, new but, new
1: era. But what's the benefit of selling the fan base? Meaning, I get the. I mean, I listen uh, more than you'd think to like the fan. Um, you know, I like New York. I like to see when the Jets lose. What New York radio is saying <laughs> in general, and they're they're they're. I mean, like everyone acts like the Jets have a, I mean, they went to two conference championship games. Mm-hmm. And no one looks at those years, it seems, with any pride or any sense of, hey, we won recently. No Jets fan does. So apparently something like making multiple conference championship games doesn't get the crowd or the fans all that happy. How could this narrative of a new start be more important than freaking winning? Because what they what you've done is you've won the press conference, maybe. Yeah. And it's a desire. I mean, Fez, what we t- you just Fez just went to the restroom. Is um, I said, forget taking you know trading up for three. Imagine if they traded out a two, and got the same haul that the Arizona got for wh- their third, mm-hmm. and it was like next year they'd have their own pick. They'd have like, like Cleveland still, I think, one more year. They'd have the, they'd have one of the greatest draft equities in the history of the NFL. And they, and like AJ said, you know, going against his own argument. Thank you for that. He said they could have taken like Carter or something. You know, I mean, maybe or who knows who, right? And still wound up with Levis. Yeah, yeah. And they Really, could... how much better do we? I mean, do we really know that Stroud is even better than Levis? Do we even know that? We and there's don't.
2: a chance. And then with next year's commodities, you know, if you don't get the number one pick, you can trade for the number one pick with all that commodity and, and take a Caleb Williams. If you're or five or something, yeah.
1: you could. If the other team has a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? I mean, who? All right. So, I guess See, that's the thing. This D'Amico thing. The guy was just a defensive coordinator, right? He
0: was he was the most sought after head coach this offseason. Well, he wasn't
1: more sought after than than Payton. Maybe Oh, okay. Coach,
0: yeah, you know? you're right. You're right.
1: Yeah, but new but the rumor is there's different reports in Denver that said they wanted him. I mean, listen, I from as far as I can see, D'Amico Ryan is a leader of men, and that matters. I mean, there's a Tomlin feel to him in a way. Though Tomlin never played in the NFL, right? I mean, he played in the NFL, right? Yeah. I or mean, the Texans. Yeah. Listen, but, but if anything, doesn't that buy some equity? I yes. mean, I tell you this. I can just harken back to the Steelers. In 1969, the Steelers had the number one pick in the draft. They took Mean Joe Green, North Texas. In 70, they had the number one pick in the draft. They took Terry Bradshaw. They took Mean Joe Green first, and Chuck Note's first year was 69. So maybe they should have went that way. They should have maybe trade out, take a D-tackle, and then look for a quarterback next year. Because Stroud, there's a lot of debate on Stroud. I mean, I, I, I would say that all the quarterbacks had questions, but I would say Fields had as much love last year as Stroud did this year. That's probably right. So, I mean, what's the odds on any of these quarterbacks? I mean Trevor Lawrence looks like he's gonna be about twelve or so, let's say. Oh, Trevor Lawrence is like light years better than all these guys. I know, but what I'm saying is who's been the good quarterback? So we got Hertz, or I'm sorry, Hertz has been like completely different, right? So let's set that aside for a second. And he wasn't even first round, right? But but we had um, let's think about this. Herbsey, I was who yeah. I was thinking of. And what? Who else has been good recently? I mean, we got Josh Allen, which is now what six? He's years on his per- second contract now. Per- Burrow's Burrow. pretty
2: good. <laughs> yeah, Joe Burrow.
1: Burrow. Okay. What I'm saying is, how many quarterbacks have been taken? Yeah. Like the hit rate on these quarterbacks seem to be going down. Yeah, not up. Right. What we're at thirty percent now, maybe. Yeah, last... I, I like that. So there's a, and Stroud certainly is not above average amongst the top quarterbacks no, taken. I agree. So they have about a thirty percent chance of hitting this. But could we agree when that once-a-generation prospect comes around that they seem to at least be good most of the time, if not all the time? Meaning Andrew Luck was good. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of Andrew Luck for many reasons. Neckbeard. That, that I was okay. With, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is gonna be good. Good, but but he could be great. But what I'm saying is it, it seems like that Trevor Lawrence being bad wasn't super likely. Andrew Luck being bad wasn't super likely. I mean, is this Will is it Williams from USA? Caleb it? Williams. Yeah, is he in He's that level? He's not like that. No, that's what people are saying. You don't think? I don't think of him as that. Okay. Huh. Did you think of Andrew Luck like that? Yes. Okay. Huh. Faz, you agree with me? A disaster. Oh yeah, completely. If someone would, I would have. This is where I have a mistake. If some, I don't like to offend people with bad offers. Like, I don't—if I thought—if I, I was— But you're the king of negotiations. And- I, but I'm, I, I, I work in the margins. Like, I don't go—if there's something worth 100000 like let's say you were having financial trouble, and you had something worth 100000 I wouldn't—first I would, of all, our friendship, I would—but even if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't say 8000 Like, but but the killers can do that. Like the real business killers, pawn stars. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would think, okay. I'd say, listen, we could go back and forth. I'm going to give you sixty two, and but it's my only offer. Like I would want to. I don't, and then I might want to win within that range. I don't try to like, and it's a bad. I mean, it's not a bad quality. It's it's a lack of killer instinct at the at that highest level. I don't think I could have even I, – if I was Arizona, I don't even think I could have even made this offer. It was so crazy. Yeah,
3: you feel like, oh, I don't want to – it's insulting, yeah, right? It's, it, like, it's like offering on a house. It's so low that you're just like, oh, God, I, I can't even bid on this.
1: Yeah, and that I could do just because you're doing it with a realtor yeah. instead of the per- – yeah. you know, there's something about that, I guess. But um, I, last thing on this, I told AJ that if they would have just swapped this year and got next year's one, that would have been a good trade for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Just that, the fact that they got a two this year and a three, and, next, and year. A three next year on top of that is just like grave. You ever play Stratego? No.
3: All right, so there's this game Stratego where there's like the one is the best, okay, okay. and then you got two is the general, like three is okay. they, you get the idea. So like the idea in Stratego of getting a two, a three, and a four, mm-hmm. it's like you're gonna destroy your opponent with all these extra really good officers.
1: This I tell you, Arizona man. You play Stratego? No. Oh, I'm a geek. <laughs> Arizona, the new front office is sharp as... Because they traded up, but they traded up. It was crazy. They traded back from 3 to 12 and got the haul. They traded from 12 to 6 and gave up like half as much or like a third as much. It was like somehow they were like the master... Like It was like the smartest person ever to be in the NFL showed up or something. Because I don't know how they did it. I mean, they, they were maestros at it, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. I, I guess the fact that you could say, well, what what I want to think of, and Fez, tell me if this makes sense to you. I want to say, okay, we can quantify how big these jumps are, like what value it is to go from 12 to 6 or 12 to 3. And then we can quantify the bundle of picks, how much they were worth. And then we can say, okay, what's the ratio of the 12 to 6 jump versus the 12 to 3? And what's the ratio of what they paid? And I think we're going to see that Arizona paid less than they should have to move up from 12 to 6, but they got back more than they should have to move back from 3 to 12. Yes. Which is the definition of a good trader. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Does that make sense, McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah, take a look at that. Um, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed by this Arizona. I don't know much about the GM. So, Monty Fort. Okay. Would you like to know where he
2: got his first paying non-intern job? And also... Where he spent 2006 to 2019 working? Yes, I would. New England Patriots.
1: Ooh. Wow. Okay.
2: So he started his career off as an intern, a pro personnel intern with the Texans in
1: 2002. Ooh. Then, so, he, so he was working from the inside back then. Well, okay. it,
2: Then he became a personal assistant under Bill Belichick in 2003, went back to Houston and was the pro and college scouting assistant for two seasons. Before being hired back by New England in 2006, where he held a variety of jobs up until 2019. From 2014 to 2019, he was their director of college scouting for the New England Patriots. Then he went to Tennessee, where he became director of pro personnel, now the general manager in Arizona.
1: You know, the whole Brady thing, I think, obscures the brain drain that's happened in New England. Because when Brady left, and then everyone's not winning, they're not winning as much. It's like, okay, Ernie Adams retires. And um, obviously, you've got Casario leaving, whatever that's worth. You well, know, He's a dummy now. I tell you this, this is even more gangster. <laughs> These guys have worked They've together, they worked though. together for like 15 years. And he, <laughs> he just looked at me and said, he said, Fez, 12,000 12, for that. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Honestly,
0: here, <laughs> this is the biggest thing, though. Are Arizona fans excited about next, next season? If they're smart, they are.
1: Next season's gonna. You said they're gonna likely be the number oh, one pick. They, but I'd be excited. Just, I mean, were the Sixers fans excited about the process? That's no. a
3: great comp. It's it, it's like they weren't gonna be excited regardless. So what is it? But matter? at some point, you've got to get players. But what does it matter for one? What year? does it matter? What do you mean? What does it matter? They suck No matter what. They sucked this year. Then now they're, they're gonna, gonna s- suck next year. They were gonna suck next year regardless. What but they, they went. Learned. But they went
1: eleven and five the year before, or eleven and whatever it was, six. And you know what? No one cared. Because they didn't. Because these teams that make the playoffs, like remember, the Bears made the playoffs two out of three years (laughs) before they, before they, the guy guy got fired. It's like if you don't have a real Super Bowl chance, no one cares. And you know what? If you do, like the Bills, and you lose, it's even worse. There's one team that gets to be happy every year. It's the Super Bowl champ. Everyone else is pissed for one reason or the other. Well. My Bengals are kind of happy because we're such losers that we're just happy
3: to be going deep in the playoffs. I don't. Th- we're, I, the, I, we're the exception to the rule. We're ha- believe me, we're very happy. I
1: think you were happy the first year. I don't think you were. Ha- you weren't happy last year. Oh, we're still happy. Well, maybe you, but you're not a real fan, Faz. You don't care. I think the Bengals fans are happy.
0: I was happy the first time with the Bills because they were like like the Bengals, a loser franchise who finally like
1: were you happy you- the Tyrod Taylor year they made the playoffs? No. So, what's the difference there?
0: Because it didn't feel like they had a real chance that year. All right. Houston doesn't have a real chance this year. No, they don't.
1: So, what are we excited about?
0: I mean, they, they're at least building something. Like, again, this, it's been three years since Houston was even like, it felt like they were even trying to do anything. I told you
1: O'Brien was a good coach. Yeah. Terrible GM, though. <laughs> terrible GM. Now, I'll say this. You're making, to close it, you're making a great point. Whatever they've been doing, it's been way too slow. So now they're having to rush whatever. I, I've never seen a rebuild like this. It, it's horrible.
0: I agree with you. And this is what, like, I understand. Th- that's why I'm on both sides of this argument. I understand why they did what they did. I wish that they didn't have to do it for CJ Stroud, who I don't believe in. But like taking, they Will, didn't An- have to do it. taking Will Anderson number two, and it, I don't know what they would have done. Well, maybe
1: it. take the haul they could have gotten, you know, and take Will Anderson number six. I mean, well, Arizona would have been there too. The well, who knows? The funny thing is, Arizona trades up and gets the guy they wanted—the high-state yeah. tackle, the
2: Paris Johnson. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, I tell you this: we'll see it with this dude from Arizona. But what's dawned on me off this trade is Belichick must like people that aren't very smart. I mean, I wouldn't think so, but I've read a bunch—three I mean, like or four books about that inside the operation. There is he—he he values loyalty very highly. And he values um people that were taught his way. Mm. He doesn't want older coaches that have their way. That's why he went for you know the retreads last year on offense, which doesn't make a lot of sense. It was a horrible decision, it seems like, but he didn't want to try to train someone new mm. and again, that's part of being older, I guess, and it's a negative. But think about this: who's the guys that came out of there? I mean Gino, I think was the best of the bunch to be honest. But he never really did anything, right? He turned on Belichick, and Belichick just, you know, backballed him by all accounts whenever he could. I don't know about that, but okay. Romeo Cronel. Disaster. Never struck you as, like, a a real, you know, high IQ guy. I mean, again, he obviously was able to coach. Better coordinator than head coach. Yeah, better coordinator.
2: Which most of these guys wound up being. Yeah. Like, Jim Schwartz was a great coordinator. Yeah.
1: it's not a good head coach. Okay, so now you think about it, you got Charlie Weiss. Who really, in the end... Disaster. I, well, he did fine when he was at Notre Dame, but, I mean, in general, he wasn't... I mean, what he did at Kansas was a disaster. And, mm-hmm. okay. And then it's like, okay, let's think about the Raiders, right? So, you, the, sec, the second time around with McDaniels, it doesn't look so good yet. It yeah. feels like last year was a, a wasted year because now they finally figured out they're not any good, so they're starting to, like, a three-year rebuild, but mm-hmm. they skipped last year. What about Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien again. He was fine, but he obviously wasn't a brain. He wasn't like a transcendent coach. There was no. The question is, was he serviceable? Was he competent? Yes, right. But no one who no one has been. And again, I'm not. Maybe I'm missing somebody. But Nick Saban. But Saban was with him in Cleveland. Yeah. Right, yeah. and, and
0: I just think of when I think the Belichick tree, he's the first. If we're being honest,
2: team. probably Brian Flores is the most successful one, and he got booted out for other reasons.
1: But here's the thing: by all accounts, and maybe there was a hit on him, his reputation. But they said he was so difficult mm. that Miami might, have, beyond, you he know, had what to have been. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but I, you know, again, it's when when someone bucks the system. And then Sues, they're always going to say he was difficult. They're always going to say, so I don't know. But I tell you this, the fact he, now, wh- the fact he couldn't get a job the next year as a coordinator, <clears throat> maybe that was, again, a black ball in the league. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I agree. I, I mean, AJ and I, one of the first arguments we had was about I thought Flores was a top 12 or so coach. And he was like, he's never won before. And it's like, in, in hindsight, I think you might at least it hasn't been proven yet. I see, in hindsight, I feel like I was probably more wrong than right. See, that's funny. I, that was probably the one debate I think you might have won. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I don't think he was bad enough that he should have gotten fired, for sure. Like, he should be a head coach in the NFL. He's one of the 32 best coaches in the league. But it
1: also, and let's bring it back to quarterbacks, Miami did everything right, and Tua's a qu- – meaning with all the drafts, all the trades, all the tanking, and they took Tua, uh, and who knows, right? When everything's perfect, he's fine, but – Concussion. Right. And think about these. Th- think about the Jets. The Jets have done everything right except quarterback. If Wilson was as good as Herbert, if you put Herbert on the Jets, the Jets a Super Bowl favorite? AFC title game. Yeah. Right? Think about that. If Herbert's on the mm-hmm. Jets, and they don't have to spend. Oh, that's a good looking team. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine all the money you've got to spend. You get a couple of free agents in there. And 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 instead that Scott thinks Rodgers is better than Herbert anyway, so it's. I think he was for
0: one year. I think two. I think two years ago he
1: was, Um, and he was sixty million. So he better be a lot better. All right. Anything else on the draft? Well, Fez, you've got a theory on how we can take advantage of the betting on this.
3: Yeah. So we want to assess what the draft grades are because this is basically going to be a proxy for everything you're going to hear the next four months. Whoever feels like um, whatever the consensus is, who won the draft, who lost the draft, you're going to be hearing this in June and July as well, and that's going to impact the betters on season wins. So I think the general consensus is that the 49ers, boy, are they dumb. They drafted a kicker. They lost the draft. The Eagles they won the draft, so... I, put, I did report cards, Fez. Everybody's got a GPA. <laughs> what is the GPA of the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, the Eagles' GPA was 3.8. That's good. That's strong. That was higher than yours, right? Uh, yes. At Belmont's. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm guessing the 49ers' great, um, GPA was not as strong. 1.96. That was even lower than what you had at Belmont. That was lower than Much mine. lower. So the, the point is that uh, it's time, in my opinion to bet against the 49ers and bet them under 11 right now because that number is it has to go ahead and drift downward and I think it's time to fire if you like the Eagles fire over on the Eagles right now maybe we'll we'll, we'll change our mind come September right before the season starts but right now bet the Eagles over I think it's it, 10 it, half to 11 if you like the Eagles
1: if you because like only if you like the cuz this is two different conversations yes. one you're not saying this should trigger the bet, you're saying this should trigger that Maybe trigger's not the right word. This shouldn't be the cause of the bet. It's the cause of why you bet it now. Exactly. So if, you, if you're bullish on the Eagles, you bet
3: it now. If you're bearish, bet against them right before the season starts. And th- the opposite's true for the 49ers. If you're bearish on them, yeah. bet it now. If you're bullish on the 49ers,
1: you'll get a better number, almost for certain, right before the season starts. And the theory is that the draft grades and just the general sentiment informs the narrative and thus, it can either be positive or negative based upon that. Okay. I agree with that concept. I disagree specifically with the 49ers. Interesting. It's just because the 49ers, if you would have said coming into this draft, what percentage of next year's performance is going to be wrapped up in this year's draft?
0: Minimal. And it's the same, say, I would say about the Chiefs. If the Chiefs drafted a punter and a kicker in rounds one and two, it's not like I'd go, oh, the Chiefs are going to suck next year. Like the Chiefs. Roster is established as what it is. Like that, those guys that are there, that were there in the Super Bowl last year, for the most part, are going to be the same guys next year. I'm not betting under on them because of what what they drafted. I think the
1: lower the win total, the more this draft. It's back to this idea: draft is hope. Is is the more people these teams or the followers of these teams care about the draft. Mm. And and I think the real question is the Lions. Here's a team that had a lot of equity because of their trades. And they had a great second half of the year, and they shit the bed. By all, um, by most accounts, some of your grades are crazy, but I mean— They took a running back— and the and second a, running back. They took the second
0: running back and a middle linebacker, two no, not high-value positions. And
1: and they had a good running back. And traded him for, what, a fifth-round pick to Philly, right? So, I mean, who knows what the internal issues are. Yes. But But what we know for sure is that by all accounts of what good drafting is— by the modern view, the Lions didn't draft so well. So we look at AJ's report card here. Now Kevin Cole, who is I think uh, a shared uh, a kindred spirit in many ways with his analysis, um, he has his grades, and, and we actually had to extrapolate those right into. Letter yeah, grades. he
0: he gave he like finds a- that
1: offensive. So I hope he doesn't hear about it this. But we just did it because we had to normalize the data, yeah. and he's the tough class. Oh, like well, he's well, the hard teacher. But it's the right way to do it. You I gotta agree. have A's and F's, all right? Or there's there's no point to the A's. All right. Well, Houston he gave an F to by the way, a little FYI, to Arizona he gave an A plus too. Now, mind you, oh okay, he, he values the long term of the like. So oh, the trade, like, like like the GM should.
0: Yes, but <laughs> the the like guys like Mel Kiper value. What did you do well, to improve your team next those, year? Guys
1: like Mel Kuyper don't know anything.
0: I am not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm just saying they but what, they viewed the, how they graded is different.
1: I understand, but what I'm saying is that we said one we invalid. Well, first of all, Mel Kiper knows more about these players than I'll ever know. He doesn't know more than the NFL. That's the key point that we've made a few times. But what I'm saying is Kevin Cole thinks about it like I do, which is what is the five-year, seven-year horizon? How does this draft? And your position, the one you were defending, got an F. Mm-hmm. And the one I was defending got an A+. plus? Now, the other A-pluses were Chicago, and that's all because of the haul they got for trading back, or mostly. And the fact that they got the uh, wide receiver from Carolina, well, that was a nice get, too. That was really nice. Um, and then the other A pluses were, there were, no, others.
2: You got a couple of A's. Indy with an A and Tennessee with an A minus. Yeah. Yeah, Indy got a lot of A's. Indy got I'm I'm
1: interested in his Tennessee grade. Um, okay. And his F's were your Houston Texans and, uh.
0: Please don't call them that.
1: The Detroit Lions. (laughs) And that's it. So really, like I said, Kendra Spirit, we're in line. So Fez, the Lions with an F, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But the Lions have so much momentum behind them. Do you think that stalls? But but maybe the different question is the consensus isn't the Lions had a terrible draft. Kuiper gave him, but well, he gave a B to everyone, but a B. PFF gave him a B plus. NFL Network said C plus, and CBS somehow gave him an A. Yeah, it wasn't bad enough. It wasn't like one
3: of the top the four worst grades. So I think the Lions, they, but you you nailed it. They previously had a lot of positive momentum. And I don't, I don't see this being enough to,
1: to move the needle on the line season win. Have you reevaluated San Francisco?
3: Oh, yeah. I think, I think the Niners are absolutely. Uh, I mean, have you oh.
1: reevaluated your theory that them drafting a kicker is somehow going to make everyone forget that they have. No,
3: I, I will bet a substantial amount of money that their season win number, which is currently at 11.1, will close. You, there won't be an 11 that's available. Anywhere right. close to an eleven?
1: Let's
3: oh, go ahead. Oh, the, I was going to say. The,
0: I, I agree generally with your theory that the lower wind total, the more important the draft, mm-hmm. or more impactful the draft is. I do think the the, I, I do think the Eagles are an exception because the Eagles drafted this. Their, their draft position this year was that of a bad team, and they were already a really good team, so they had a bit of yeah, an advantage. Yeah,
1: but I, they have an advantage, but in a way. I don't think they could have been hurt too much by the draft, but they were helped because of the idea of these fallers in value, which, again, it has been debunked.
3: This is ludicrous. The Niners right now are lined at a higher season win than the Eagles. That cannot last for more than a week. For more than
1: a week, it will... Remember now, the Rams... And the Arizona are two bad teams in that division. Now Washington, Giants, and Dallas are pretty damn good. Probably should have evaluated the strength of schedule <laughs> I mean, before just, making uh, such a yeah. bold
3: statement. You're right. I yes. Mean, but but
1: I hear your point. But I, I think you can't forget the 49ers did something with a with a seventh round quarterback we've never seen before. they all you don't think Shanahan spent the whole offseason drawing up McCarthy plays? Mac- or McCart how do you say his name? The running back? Oh, McCaffrey. McCaffrey. McCaffrey C-Mac. plays? Yeah, C-Mac. Um, You know, listen, I, my biggest bet of the year so far, or my biggest future bet, is on Seattle. I obviously love that. By the way, this would be a good time to get into this. Here's the biggest movers, and McKenzie did a good job with this since the, during the week of the draft. Okay? So this is a percentage increase or decrease. And uh, let's do Super Bowl odds because they were more drastic than moves. Mm. So the biggest positive move was the Texans. All right, went up thirty two percent. They were like plus two hundred. Let's see here. They were like plus two hundred, and now they or I'm sorry, two hundred to one. one yeah, and, and not even plus plus what? Two, say, that's 20, a real 000, bad price. <laughs> and uh, and then now they're plus uh, one hundred forty two to one. Okay, so that's a big improvement. But really, it was it was uh, David or uh, boy, I'm having trouble with names today. Uh, the quarterback, David Davis Mills Mills or. Now they've got a quarterback, in theory, potentially. They've got hope of a quarterback. Which I think, Fez, like we talked about, this really validates my theory that the one thing the draft can really do is get a quarterback in there and potentially change things. They
3: own a lottery ticket. It's
1: not going to hit, but you know what?
3: It's better than having No lottery ticket. First off, a
1: lottery ticket that's 30% is more than a lottery ticket,
0: right? It's a 2-to-1, plus 200 type bet. It's it's better than what they have with Davis Mills.
1: Potentially. Okay. The Ravens were the second biggest— Movers 27%. Obviously, Lamar Jackson was a part of that. The actually, signing actually, the report card says they got a 5.0 RJ. They said, sell- well, Yeah, <laughs> you know what was hilarious <laughs> is Mel Kuyper wrote the night after the first round a little quick, like three winners, three losers. And no, sh- all the Ravens did was take a wide receiver about where he was supposed to go, and they were one of the three A's. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell is going on?
2: Well, you bring back a guy in Lamar Jackson. He's obviously going to be your quarterback. You surround him with some talent in Say flowers. There you go. That's my mail.
1: Now, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do our talk about the Ravens quickly, but let's talk about it. It's my belief, Lamar, if you want to talk about wins in the next seven years, Lamar will give him a lot of wins. If you want to talk about Super Bowls or even playoff wins – I'm not sure if st- pulling off the Band-Aid and taking another crack at it would have been better. Where do you think, Feds, will go around the horn?
3: Yeah, I agree with your – shocker, I agree with your your position, and we talk about this every year. They go in the playoffs, they win 12 games, they lose to the Chargers in the first round. I mean, they've uh, the Chargers. They, um, they're not built – the deeper they go in the season, teams have seen them before, they're not built to win in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson as they're currently constituted.
1: We talk about efficient market theory that the market knows in a way. If we look at Cincinnati and Baltimore a year ago, Cincinnati had just gone to the Super Bowl. Baltimore was the dominant favorite to win the division. Yes. Now, a year later has passed. I would make the case that the, the Ravens are in a better position because, in theory, they had injuries that were lingering. That were, you know, Now you got the left tackle, in theory, is going to be healthy. Staley... Uh, the theory is a lot of these guys are going to be healthy. You did just get a receiver, and Lamar, in theory, is going to be happy, right? Well, last year he was disgruntled, and I would make the case since he's actually worse that they lost. They lost a good many players on defense. I think they had a, a fine draft. I think the the organization is being run well, but I think it's fair to say since he's a little down from last year, right? Except for the. Public perception of Burrow is that he's God. But if what we're saying now is that the, the biases is what we want to bet against. Mm-hmm. So I'm not asking you to explain why the market's doing what it's doing. Sure. I'm saying, is it rational? No. Okay. So that's relatively Baltimore was kind of dominant over since he, when it comes to the division odds last year, now it's flipped. Do you think there's value on the Ravens? Yes. Okay. It's a oh, lot this issue. year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for this year. But if you're asking the question the seven. that you're asking, yeah, about we're talking the next, about yeah.
1: over/under, win total kind of value, or win the division value. Yeah, not Super Bowl value. I don't no. want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl.
2: No, but I think to win the division this year, yes, and I think surrounding Lamar with talent, this is the most offensive talent he's. Probably ever had, and now I'm being very optimistic about Odell Beckham Jr. But it's no longer now Mark Andrews the tight end as his number one pass catching option. He's got two legit wide receivers, not three, if you want to count Bateman. Now is his number three option. He's got three talented wide receivers to go along with the tight end. There's no excuses for Lamar to not have passing numbers this year.
1: So they took Bateman in the first, first round, round last mm-hmm. year, right? two years, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then the 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 guy they traded to Arizona they took in the first round? A Hollywood Brown. Yeah. So he was a number one pick, right? Yep. So what's this? Th- I mean, like... They suck at drafting receivers. <laughs> okay, but but we're optimistic about this receiver. I, I'm I'm not necessarily... I mean, I, I think they... But we're optimistic about OBJ, who hasn't played... Less. Like, 32. I'm less than Scott. So, like, I, I guess I am i don't understand the optimism, right? Because it's, it's all this Lamar cult of, like, oh, he hasn't had a receiver. Well, he's had two number one draft mm-hmm. choices... In, like, the last four years. So it's like maybe they're not good because he's not good, right? It's a very, very good possibility. As a passer, I don't think Lamar Jackson is an above-average quarterback. I don't know what that says. You know, could be that I'm evil. I don't think so. I think that, objectively, it's not 2019.
3: You don't think he's... that's interesting. You don't think he's above average overall quarterback or no above average thrower?
1: Above average thrower. Yeah, I think I he's an elite runner, maybe the best runner of yeah. the history of quarterback play, right? But And I think net-net, he's a good regular season quarterback. I, I would rank, rank him eight, nine. I don't think you're on an island. I think you're spot on. Well, in the media, I think I'm on an island because there's not many Lamar haters out there because Lamar came to represent the oppression of the minority groups not playing quarterback. Well, well, here's the argument say. against.
0: Yeah. Huh? The argument against. Against what? Against Lamar can't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What would people have said about Jalen Hurts at this time a year ago? Same I, thing. He got AJ Brown. I wouldn't have said that until he got AJ Brown. Jalen Hurts didn't look like he was an efficient. I like disagree. I, I had the, a well, good deep I ball. had the
1: Eagles. You know, I had the Eagles hand over fist in every chance I got. I'm not saying I thought he was as good. I don't think until the Super Bowl I thought he was as good as he was in that Super Bowl. I think that was a world class performance on the biggest stage. But I love that he was getting better every year. Lamar's gotten worse since 2019. I agree with that. So, you know, and again, I don't think it's Lamar not working or whatever. I don't know. I think it's that the league figured out what he would now. Again, they got a new OC, Mm -hmm. right? So there might be the guy who was at Georgia, Todd Monken. So there might be thank you. There might be some value in thinking he's going to start slow. The team will start slow because there's a lot of new pieces, and maybe you get a you know seven to one to win the division or something. If since he starts fast, you know, kind of like after three or four games. With, I mean, I think that's something to look at.
3: I, I, I still, am, you got the knee injury. You got this gastrointestinal issues that seem to come up every fourth game. I mean, it's a major concern. I think that division is also really good. Like, if yeah. the Steelers are the worst team in
0: that division, that's a really good division.
3: Yeah, Steelers are eight and a half. Cleveland's nine. And uh, frankly, that's, that's I would a, look over for the
0: Borderline sports. great division. Like, I, I don't think there's a bad I team. Think, there. I think Pittsburgh had a
1: hell of I mean, again, I, I I don't know how good the tackle is from Georgia, but I know he's good. He was one of the four best, yes. and, and some I, thought he was the best. And Pittsburgh got him in a good position. Value wise,
0: I think the only question still about Pittsburgh is quarterback. Like, is he that guy? And if he is, the, the Steelers are going to be not they're going to be
2: great in a hurry. Well, this is the year that you were you're going to hopefully see the jump. Or see the jump. Yeah.
1: yeah, I would make the case the second half of the year last year was above. It, it foretells a. a at least a top, you know, fifteen to 12, 12 to fifteen type quarterback mm-hmm. is what I th- I think. If he had, he's a top half of the league quarterback, the Steelers are going to be really
2: good. I mean, they built it the right way. They got the running back, yeah. they got the elite wide receiver, and no, if I the quarterback can
1: make the jump. Yeah, Omar Khan really impressed. I like the fact that they were the thing about Pittsburgh. They've always been low transaction. They were smart, but they never made many trades. Con was wheeling and dealing, man. I like that because if if you think you understand how to value picks better than other people, you want to do more trades. That's why Belichick does a lot of trades. I like that.
2: Did you get a little emotional when they drafted Joey Porter Jr.? You know, something Just like keeping it
1: in the fam. I, I there is something about it's probably the only thing I get emotional about is mm-hmm. the steel. There is something with Pittsburgh and the Steelers because you know why? Because if you grew up back there. And it's coal mines and steel mills and, you know, it's, I was about an hour from Pittsburgh. The people are uh, beaten down. There, there is a sense of you know, that this is, you know, it's like because it matters more, right? That's And New York City usually isn't getting huge into, let's say, college sports or mm-hmm. even professional sports. But they do, with the Jets, they do because, let's be honest, the people who are don, downtrodden in New York tend towards the Jets. Yeah. The Giants fans aren't as fanatical because they got their condos or their beach houses or what and again, yeah. that's as cliche, but mm-hmm. I think it's somewhat true, right? Yeah, to an
2: extent, yeah. Same thing you can go Rangers, Islanders, you know. Is even that though, true of the But M- the Islanders did have the one you know, in the seventies.
3: Is that true of the Mets also? The Mets are like Yuppies and
2: No. The Yanc- the Yankees y- fans are more like Bronx Manhattan, Mets fans are more, you know, Long Island, Queens, and yeah.
0: I've got good news for you too. What? Pirates have the best record in the National League. <laughs> is that true? That is true. <laughs> did you did you see this coming? No. Their their best player got hurt.
3: Yeah, and like they've the got the second best like out season. for the season. Yeah. They've got
0: the best record in the National League.
3: They're like it's, 11 above 500. Their
0: best free agent signing was a 43-year-old pitcher. Somehow, <laughs> I somehow I'm pessimistic.
3: <laughs> I don't know, they're, they're fighting the good fight. Current season win number is right around 79, so they're still projected to have a losing year.
1: You're a hater, so that's guys. interesting. So, you're saying, even though how many games are in now, how many so like they play 30 play?
3: games like, in, 30 so 20 games and 10. In. All right, so it's
1: one fifth of the season.
3: Yep, so the market expects them to be play like 14 below 500 the rest of the a- week, 82 and 80 projection. So
1: is that culture. worse than they were? Project is that win percentage you expect from here worse than they expected at the beginning of the year? No, it's been upgraded, but not by that much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. saying this the, is the, almost mar- mean- the
3: market is very the baseball season win market is very much anchored to pre-flop expectations. In my opinion, way too anchored. They're
1: ten games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, so <laughs> so here's what's fascinating though, is thirty games in is two NFL seasons almost. And somehow you're saying the market doesn't even think these games matter. They matter in the score or in the standings, but they don't matter in how good the team is. But somehow after nine NFL games, we're supposed to think the record is God. Yes. And again, I think studies have shown NFL games are more predictive one game versus one. But it's not that kind of ratio in in general. I mean, No,
3: to use the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are 10 below 500. The the, the Pirates are 10 above. mm -hmm. The Cardinals are projected to win 81 games. And on their season win number, and the Pirates only seventy nine
1: So the Cardinals are projected to have the better record. They're still. T- but they're twenty. They're twenty wins. A, they're twenty games ahead of. They're them? ten games ahead. 10 10 games. Oh, said said the Pirates 10, are twenty 10? and
3: ten, the Cardinals are ten and twenty. Okay. Yeah.
1: Ten games ahead. Oh wow. Okay.
3: I like the Pirates. If you if I had a heads up bet, the market disagrees. Obviously, I would bet the Pirates to have a better record than the Cards.
1: I mean, this seems like something that the database could t- you know the databases could tell you pretty easily. Hmm right what, is what, is if a team is you know you it, to, all you would need to have is the preseason expectation yeah and then the game by game you know game by Let's game see. record
3: I can tell you that the my um my experience because they they've only been putting these up for like the last couple of years and more of the same has absolutely been the case where like the reds sucked last year and so I was betting them under and they just continued to stink the entire mm-hmm. year. so they, in
1: other words it is different when someone, is going the direction expected versus going very different than that's expected. A, you
3: know, that, that, that's a good point. But it did seem like the the object in motion remained in motion. More of the same, Mott's, versus whenever a team was extreme good or extreme I
2: bad. I guess last year's example would be the Orioles. right? The, the Orioles great were, example. They were the first team to go over their win projections and they just kept going Market over The Market was in yeah.
3: complete denial with the Orioles. They mm-hmm. kept pricing them each and every game as like a plus 1 at 75 when they're like a 500 team.
1: All right, so last comment on Lamar. I want to be clear. I think that to win a Super Bowl, you need to be able to pass from behind. At some point it becomes third and 12, and at some point you're down by 10 in a game you got to win. Mahomes. And yeah. and I don't I haven't seen Lamar able to do that since his, I think his MVP was deserved. Should it have been without a dissenting vote? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's, you know, there's only been a handful of those seasons ever. I'm not sure it was that. But you know what? He Any MVP, in a way, goes down in history. It means in any decade, there's going to be, at most, 10 MVPs. And since most guys win it more than once that win it, it's like you're talking about every 20 years, like probably 12 or 13 guys win that. That's an amazing accomplishment. You can't take it away from them. We're talking about can you win a Super Bowl with him? You can, but boy, if you rank him eighth, like him and Dak seem to be in a similar place to me. Does that generally sound right? Yes, I would. I think Dak I think has Dak
2: a, is considered a little bit higher.
1: I don't think so. Huh? But it, listen, Mike Sando from the Athletic <laughs> had uh, you know uh, Lamar was down in his annual rank or not rankings, but he does a, a vote with mm-hmm. people. So maybe, um, maybe in that, I think amongst the media, Lamar is considered better than Dak. And it's not even real. It's probably because he's won an MVP. Yep. Well, whatever the probably. I think it's probably because of, of a lot of factors and buy or a desire. I mean, listen, I don't want to over harp on this one, but I, I, the Embiid, it's almost like everyone's embarrassed that Embiid won the MVP now the way he did. It was this little story on ESPN that was like like seven lines mm. long. And, and, and apparently he got, Mackenzie, check the vote count. I think it was 73 of the 100 first place votes. Mm. And I got to tell the straight out of Vegas AM guys, how does it feel in hindsight that you, that you saw someone telling the future? I mean, like I told you every move, it's like, I, yeah, it was 73 out of 100. And, and, and uh, the Joker got 15. So 73 to 15 first place votes. Who got the other 12? It. Well,
0: it should have been Steph. <laughs>
1: but all joking aside, and, and, and bad jokes or good jokes, bad jokes in this case, is <laughs> you think Steph should have been the MVP? I think mean, Steph's the best player in the league. So you think he should have been the MVP? No. Okay.
0: So I'm Just based on what we've seen in the playoffs, it's, it seems that way. Did you see the, the game tonight? Seven,
1: it takes seven games. They're now four and four in the playoffs. <laughs> but okay.
0: What, what would they be without Steph? They'd be home.
1: I don't know. I, I, That's value. Well, so well, but the, Dame, Dame Lillard maybe. The MVP. Sixers are five and zero.
0: Oh, so it sounds like they maybe they got it right.
1: Well, I I didn't bring up the playoffs at all. You're the one that brought up the playoffs. Why? You just
3: said four and four in well, the playoffs. No, I was addressing
1: the playoffs that you brought up, but I don't believe the playoffs. Maybe
3: Maxie should be the MVP.
0: Okay, it was a bad joke. Let's let's not move on from bad jokes. Let's harp on them.
1: But 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 your love of staff is, is is pretty strong. He's the best player in the league. Okay, so you think you'd rather start a team with staff than? Yeah, he's older, but
0: yeah. I mean, if I had a team to build next year, yes, he'd be first. I'll guy be on,
1: current, even at his current age. Yeah,
0: like for one year. Yeah, I would take staff
1: for one year. But who said build a team for one year? Well, that's what I said I said his oh, okay. uh, with his oh.
0: age I wouldn't want to tell, like well, but if I if I had to
1: make yeah. like if we were drafting teams for that's next year he'd be the I guy. Tell I tell you this, you know why I don't think he's wrong. Steph is such a glue guy, where a lot. Let's be honest, a lot of these superstars are prima donnas. Jokic is a glue guy too. He is, but we don't quite understand what's going on there. He's weird. I mean, I don't know about weird, but what I'm saying is Denver. We don't have a lot of insight. They haven't made any long runs. We don't know if he's just terrorizing people and they're just like falling in line. I don't know, right? But I know Steph was able to have—I mean, what other NBA top 15 player of all time, which Steph is at this point, I think by most accounts, could have Durant come in after winning 70—the most wins ever in the regular season, and you got a title in your pocket the year before, and then you bring in a guy that's that's considered better. And he, the fact that he was the one that smoothed shit over the whole time, and it was Durant that caused trouble, that is world-class. Notice how the
3: narrative has changed so dramatically, just even— six months ago, we'd be like, "Oh, well, Durant's clearly better than Steph. And now we're not even having the conversation. Of course, Steph's better than Durant. It's Everything has changed in six months.
1: I don't know. I mean, you think St- – I mean, when Durant played this year – I would make the case he was probably maybe the best player in the league on the court. He just didn't play a, a, enough game. But think about it. When he was at uh, Brooklyn, they won, what, 18 of the last 20 or whatever? Yeah. And then he went to Phoenix, and then before the playoffs, they won, ain't like, 8 no. W- no. So, like, he had probably as good a run as any almost anyone's ever had.
3: And when you watched like, the U.S. Olympic team, mm-hmm. it was like he was, like, so much better than any of our, our other players. I mean, yeah. he he just— Dominated,
1: but Steph for his age, he has made. I mean, Bill Simmons thinks Steph's playing better now than he ever has. Mm. So, the very fact that's even a conversation speaks to like, yeah, Steph's really kept his you know physical skills for a guy who's a quickness guy, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't expect that, but anyway. Instead of your jokes, AJ, maybe take a minute and talk about my predictions and how it just—it seemed like I saw the future. You did.
0: I mean, It, Go was, ahead. it was very prescient. You you said that there was going to be this narrative on Embiid and it was going to hold, and that, thats what I mean. We saw it turn, and I I, I don't disagree with you. And
1: uh, and when when it got where the odds were even again, remember? It yeah. Was a couple weeks yeah. later. you asked me what the odds of Embiid losing. I said Zero. zero. He can't lose it. And the fact that it was 73 to thir- 15 tells me that I'm not sure what could have happened. That he, I mean, it's probably hard that he would lose it. That quote on the board is uh, striking. So this is uh, Bill Simmons, again, who I was pretty critical. I mean, listen, I'm a fan. But I was pretty critical of regarding his Embiid conversion, and then now it seems he's back again against—well, not against him, but a Jokic guy. This is uh, from the pod this week, and Mackenzie put up the quote, I voted for Embiid and not Jokic, and and I may regret it the rest of my life. (laughs) Now, he was a little over the top. I think what he was being self-deprecating about, to use Mackenzie's word, is— that he cares that much because he does really care about his votes. And I respect that, actually, because it's his belief that in 50 years, we're not going to know anything about these guys, the people around. They're going to look at the MVPs. They're going to look – like, when we think back to, like, the players in the 60s, I don't know. I wasn't there. It's it's kind of like – Chamberlain.
2: You just hear lore. Yeah. I I think it's kind of like looking back and you see – unanimous hall of famers mm-hmm. right and it's like, like Babe Ruth uh, it's like Babe Ruth was not you know it's like oh Marion Rivera was the first unanimous hall of famer that's okay that I look at that and then you look back in like 20 years and like Derek Jeter was not and you're like huh like we're not going to remember the guy that voted not for him it's just going to go down in history 50 years from now you're going to look at the books and say who were unanimous hall of famers and it's only going to say Mariano Rivera at the time that's what goes goes down
1: there's broad strokes and some of them resonate things like uh number of mvps number like yes. bill russell and his number 11 titles are like his name is bill russell with 11 titles yep. on him and all MBAs and especially MVPs. You know, if if Jokic would have won, it would have been the first. You know, he won three straight MVP. It'd be like what that guy. You know, yeah, how many like, guys in the
2: history of the game ha- even have three, let alone yeah. three
1: straight? Yeah. So in general, I think Simmons rightfully take. He has a vote, and there's not. Uh, there's only a hundred votes for the MVP, and he takes it very seriously. And he they do whole episodes talking about All NBA third team. They're just sitting there, wringing their hands. Who's the third team? And I love it because if you're not going to take this stuff seriously and you're in the profession of it, what the hell is the point, right? So I like that part.
2: I'd love to know who who the two people are that voted beat third place. Well,
1: I'm not Giannis. sure that's that crazy. Yeah, Giannis. I mean, are you saying Jokic third place isn't more crazy? Someone voted him out of the top five. Who Jokic? Yeah. That 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 tells you something there. Yeah. So McKenzie. Would you, let's not get into your beliefs on it. We can if you want, but would you agree with Simmons that the about face he's had, forget this, this quote's great for the narrative, but in general, the way he talked about the Joker this episode was like he loved the like him and the Joker were once in a
4: war together and they (laughs) saved each other's lives. He betrayed his guy and it's more apparent now because Embiid's hurt like always and he's not that great in the playoffs and Jokic is looking like the best player in the league right now. And wouldn't you say that, um, that there was a
1: time when this narrative started with the whole kind of it's ra it's implicit racism that Bill Simmons
4: hardly he went like three episodes without saying one. Good he thing. put down his sword. He you could tell from listening that he thought Jokic was better than Embiid and that he deserved the MVP. But then he's like, hey, I don't know, it's close. And I'll tell you, or he always said, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. It's an 82 game season. There's ten days left.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like there's 81 games that's for play You might have an idea. And 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 then even everyone who had a vote, they said, you know, after long deliberation. And it's like I, I I just had to go with mm, 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 Embiid, and it's like <laughs> it's like you knew what it was, and it's like it wasn't that long. The minute you thought you could be considered a racist if you didn't vote for Embiid is the minute you were voting for Embiid. And you know what? I don't like racists, but I don't like hypocrites either. So, and you know what? I don't blame Simmons because. Again, his whole worldview is going to be wrapped up into how he's perceived. And it's kind of hard to be in the public eye and not and – if you're in the public eye and you don't care how you're perceived, you're probably going to be damaged pretty hard by the public eye, right? you got to account for it. Um, it you know, and, and again, it, it, it's – I guess my main takeaway would be this. Gambling is fascinating because you can – it's human nature why people bet things. It's human nature why people vote things. And in things like these voting feds, I think it's now doubly interesting because it's like who's got inside information about polls or these tricky polls they do—not tricky, but insightful polls they do. Then it's about how's the voters thinking. It's about how the betters are thinking. The draft's the same thing, no you doubt. Know? I mean, something like Levis and 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 how he surged because of a Reddit post. He was under four. Well, even before that Reddit
3: post, he was under four and a half, minus four hundred. Okay, to go top four. Okay. Minus for you, I 400 to 100. He didn't go top in first round.
1: That's crazy. And I love how it's more than just X's and O's, There's psychology to this stuff. Okay.
0: Like, if you're just talking in like in pragmatics, who should – and I'm asking this as someone who isn't day-to-day in the NBA.
1: Like, should Jokic have won the MVP? Is there like a – Here's my position on it. And McKenzie's an expert in the NBA, too. Well, I'm not an expert, but I respect his opinion a lot. And um, I guess he's the expert. I've got some opinions I think are informed. Um, I think it's absurd that the betting market thought that it, that Jokic was, like, what was it? I can't remember now, minus 350 or minus 400. And then a week goes by, and it flips, and nothing really changed much on the court, much on the court at all and and the main thing they were banging Yo- uh, Jokic for was his team who had the number 1 seed locked up wasn't winning like game number 78 that he sat out like i've never heard an mvp get blamed for that before or a potential mvp Now I thought he was going to have trouble winning because the third year in a row would just stop people from doing it. Fatigue, but but, well, not even that. They don't want. It's a history commentary. They don't want it to be Larry Bird and Yo. I mean, I remember when when Steve Nash won back
0: to back. mm -hmm. People were like, "Ooh, is Steve Nash really a guy who we want to remember as a back to back MVP?"
1: And that's always the debate: is 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 Do you think of this year only, or do you think of the historical context? Most people say they don't think of the historical context, but I and I would have you know because remember. Joker started the year strong. He still was like ten to one because it was like people didn't think he could bust through right. that. And then when he busted through, it was like, okay, it's with the odds. I thought, okay, it was good. Now, you know, I think it was a toss up to be on if you look at the pure stats, you gotta go with Jokic. But the defensive stats are flawed. And because of that, Jokic looks better than maybe anyone's eye test does. So I don't know. I don't know how you even use stats if you think your eye test is better. Mm. Is there an argument for uh,
0: Giannis because that, that, no. Okay. Though maybe that's be, a lot of people thought there was, I, I was going to say that could have like, if you vote for Giannis, no one can call you a racist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why I think it was interesting. The idea that Giannis had 13 first place and, 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 and Jokic had 15 or it was that like going two different. Mm-hmm. That to me is shock. Like it makes it seem like second and third was closer than first well, and second. I mean, for sure it was. It's not, not makes it seem, um, Oh, so McCann, Oh, okay. Here's the voting. So it was 73 for MB, 25 second place votes for him, and then uh, uh, two third place votes. Okay. So let's add that up. That, that means all of the votes, right? Okay. Yeah. So all, he either was first, second, or third, and only two thirds. Jokic had 15 first place, 52 second, and 32 thirds. And let's think about that. That's one a, did not vote for him. One did not vote for him anywhere. Perfect. I would like to see who that is. Uh, <laughs> I think they announced it. Giannis ended up having twelve, twenty-three, and sixty-five. So the point total was nine fifteen, six seventy-four, six zero six. So much closer between second and third. Mm-hmm. And Tatum was fourth. Who was fifth? Oh, Shane, Shane Gill just got it. Oh, so where where did um, Donovan Mitchell next? Oh my god, Luca got shit on. Wow, Luca got a couple force and a couple fists. Wow. Look how low Curry is. Well, he's, he didn't play Miss I barely just, played. I think he's supposed to be <laughs>
2: MVP.
3: <laughs>
2: if I was starting a team, <laughs> you, know, you,
3: you
0: can
2: know. laugh all you want. I'm I'm dead serious about that. I and I I would not argue with you one bit. I would say <laughs> Jason Tatum if we were going for a couple of years. Really? Yeah.
1: Number one now. But one year now. Number one forever. <laughs>
2: Let me ask you, will Jokic win a third MVP?
1: I think this probably stains him in a way that that it it just is going to be so, like, loaded, you know? I don't know. Because, like, you look at the history
2: of players that have won three or more MVPs. Kareem, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron James, Moses Malone, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Moses won three. I know he won in 83. Is Jokic, like, in that Category of those players? Only, we don't know. Only
1: if they win hey, an NBA title, and then it's he can wild, win wild, right? To think right? that you agree. Well, some people think that Jokic is the best, like offensive player since Jordan. That if you just look at what he does for his efficiency wise, yeah. yeah. But and, I think I think what
0: Fez said matters. Everybody yeah. you named on that list has rings, mm-hmm. except for Jokic. And if he if he never wins wins one, he'll never be in the conversation with those guys. Even if he wins four MVPs,
1: but the point could be made, and I think strongly that this year the supporting cast is not elite, but good. And their guard that blew out their knee, what's his name? The guard? Jamal the, Murray. Jamal, yeah, Murray. Last year. Yeah. yeah, Murray, who was unbelievable in the bubble. I mean, that series, yeah. again. Uh, I mean, that was one of the craziest. What was it, Utah? Yeah, that was a crazy series. And at that point, Denver was playing at a high level. If I recall, they made the conference finals, right? So yep. you make the conference finals early, which you're supposed to do. But meaning that you have to kind of get so far before you can get all the way, right? Then Murray is effectively out. I mean, the whole year, the yeah. whole year, the next year, and then this is the next year after that. Yes, and they they get the number one seed. So in a way, to make the conference finals, and then have a year that you got it. They did pretty well, all things considered. But you can't win a title without your guy, and now they're. I mean, I don't know if they're favored. They should. I mean, at this point, they're certainly the favorites in the West, right? So I think they're on pace. Now, if they fall short and fall short and fall short, yeah. But, boy, if Murray's knee is good, this is going to be a good team for a while.
2: I keep bringing it up uh, on SOVAM, and I think I might have brought it up on this pod maybe last week or so, is that last year going into the playoffs, the conversation was, is there one long – if there's one long-shot team to bet – it's it's Denver because we what if
1: thought Murray, Mike, Murray comes
2: back yeah, yeah. and Michael Porter Jr. comes back and now you, you with Jokic being I the got MVP, caught up in that too fifty to one is a great play. And and so it doesn't happen, and obviously they don't win, but this year is that vision of that team? A healthy Murray, a healthy Porter, you know, like getting contributions from other players and Jokic playing at the same level that he's been playing at the past two years. Why weren't people talking about Denver winning? How often
0: is a Player, and I'm not like trying to shit on Jamal Murray, but how often is a player like Jamal
1: Murray the second best player on a championship team? I would say it is playing, it seems like he's playing at his pre injury level. Finally, at that point, I think he's a fine second
4: player. Okay, I mean, in my opinion, McKenzie, a, let's a,
3: a, a comp would be Milwaukee when they went out with Giannis,
1: or right? last year,
4: he's better than anybody else in the Warriors, not named Steph Curry. Yeah, I think okay.
1: that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins was just, he was just so phenomenal. Oh, Andrew in playoffs, Wiggins but, okay. isn't as good. I mean, he, now again, defense is a different thing. Defense doesn't get yep. the credit it deserves, and Wiggins' D was good last year. Um, uh, I think these are. I mean, we got the title odds. McKenzie just popped up. Celtics are two to one. Boy, now this, was this before? This was before they
4: lost, right? No, this is after they lost. Oh, before geez. tonight's games, though.
1: Okay, two to one. Nuggets are plus four forty. Sixers are plus five fifty now, so they're surging. And Warriors are plus 550. Lakers still 7.5 to 1. So now that the Lakers are up 1 0, maybe switch those. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And yeah, good point. And Suns 9 to 1, McKenzie's team, Heat 25 to 1, Knicks 30 to 1. Not a lot of Knicks love. That's probably switched as well based on tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we know, Yeah, you know, tonight Knicks win and Lakers win. Okay. So, McKenzie, we're going to finish the NBA here. So why don't you, and again, I appreciate in a way, I I want you
4: interjecting more when it's NBA. Um, What's your main thoughts of what's happening? Uh, Any, you know, dealer's choice? Cohesion matters. I mean, I think the Nuggets-Suns is a lot closer than the final score suggested uh, than blowing them out by the end of each game, but when Chris Paul goes out and they're up by eight, the Suns are, they had no sense about what to do, and the Nuggets, Jamal Murray and Jokic have had the, I think uh, Ryan Russillo called them Carl Malone and John Stockton. It's Mm -hmm. not unfair. They have a unique bond that most players in the NBA don't get, and uh, Phoenix has about three days to get some cohesion because the Suns, the Nuggets, have looked a lot better. Riscillo is not one to give like flowers easily, as they say, and you know
1: he said something that was pretty extreme. He said he's never seen a player that can get you a good shot any every possession. Every possession than the Joker, where yeah. if he gets the ball and he gets it all the time, is you're going to get a good shot. And if you make it or not, that's going to be he might make it. He might give it to someone else. But like he's like the point forward of like all you know, like what Anthony Mason or who was the dude that was wasn't as tough as Mason, but he was a point forward for the Knicks. I can't remember. Back Larry the, Johnson. No, no, he was the power uh, in the '90s. There was Charles one Charles Oakley. No. Spreewell. No, yes, come on, Scott. Well,
2: you just mentioned everybody. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. no,
1: no, no, there was someone else. Someone he he was like really muscled up, but he wasn't Mason. Not Charles Oakley? You sure? No, 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 no. no. Look look get, get the roster. I I want to dig into this. Um you're going to when we say that he had like a goofy bald head, like he shaved his head and it was almost pointy at the top. Let me see here. You know, thinking about this, maybe it was Mason, but I I don't know. I I thought he had a misshapen head.
2: Isn't that a big bald head?
1: Yeah, (laughs) but it it didn't seem, I don't know. But anyway, that was, my. my, you know, sometimes I'll have good pulls from the 90s. That wasn't one of them. Let's just say it like that. But it still wasn't as bad as his joke about staff. So, I mean, you know, let's just accept that. Okay. So, so McKenzie, you you bet me the Suns. You had the Suns and gave me, what was it, plus 210?
4: 180. 180. You didn't believe in cohesion then. Have you finally come around? I still, if I had to bet it, I would not look no other place than Suns plus 240. I think the talent gap will show itself at some point. But uh, they played the two best games of the season. Jokic played his two best games of the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa whoa, credit for
1: that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Jokic played his two best. G- I would make the case if I recall. Would you say Jokic game two was even all that
4: good? Oh, game two was phenomenal. Game one was okay. Okay, so why do you say the
1: two best games of the season? It's
4: more than just the the stats <laughs> and everything. It's it's uh it's the whole package defensively. You weren't talking like guys. this when you were for Embiid for MVP. No, but I should say, Jokic can be Moses Malone. He can be that good. He's shown it this far in his career. He's on that trajectory.
1: So what So what odds, uh, what number, I mean, you'd have to, uh, what number do you think the Suns have value? Plus
4: 260, I'll take.
1: Okay. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? With, <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, the, the kid's got to learn. No. I, I mean, can't,
2: I can't, I can't. In good conscience, let let this happen.
1: One one second. Yeah. I can't hear you. Speak. <laughs> Scott's <All right. laughs> my. So all right. he's trying to cut RJ out of a bet. You—that's that,
0: the best way to get your mic cut around here.
4: <laughs> he's laughing. You're probably hearing him bleed into my mic, but. Oh, Chris I, Paul must be out looking at these odds. Oh, the
1: it, good job, Scott. Good job.
4: It's good job. I'll still give you plus two sixty. Who cares? Four?
1: No, no, no. If you're ignorant about it, I wanna take it. But I don't want you to be stupid about ignorant. I think fine. the line
4: is moving way too much on this Chris Paul news, but we'll see. I know, but you can bet it you can if you can get a better number in the
1: market, you should. But I listen, I get you're stubborn. You, I'm gonna get back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, (laughs)
2: someone's got to stick up for like the people.
1: Now, here's the sick part he's the one that showed me the odds. He, like, first time in like nine months, he says, Hey, look at this. He like points his computer over. I'm like, Look, and he's got the odds. And he noticed McKenzie said 260. It was about 340. 340, yeah. And then he goes, I can't. So I didn't know
2: you were gonna try and take his
1: money. I thought you were gonna call him I would
4: have looked up the market price, I wouldn't have been ignorant of that. Of
2: course, that's what RJ's. RJ's Try, RJ's
0: <laughs> trying to take all of our money. Why do you think he invites us here? I thought he was just going to call him out. Like, it it's like a po- Like when you invite your friends to a poker ha- thing at your house, like do you invite them over hoping, like, we'll just drink some beers and I'll probably lose some money. No. He's like, I'm going to take
1: these fucking guys. You know what? <laughs> We're all trying to take each other. That's the beauty of it. If it was someone that didn't know any better, I listen, I do appreciate McK- in a way, Mackenzie's stubbornness is necessary as a batter. You gotta learn, but you also gotta believe in yourself. He's principled. And I, you know, I would make the case you're probably up batting B. Me. <laughs> I mean,
4: maybe. I don't know, right? Celtics came through. Wanna know these playoffs?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um so you were, that's interesting because
4: you were talking about like we made like six bets right in a row. Yeah, Trey Lance to play six games for any team in 2024.
1: Was no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. To start six games, not to play six True. games. All right. Okay. <laughs> any other thoughts in the NBA? Do, do
2: you put stock into like the, the shot quality scores that come out? I love the concept. Mm-hmm.
4: They they seem to go against common sense yeah. like about, uh, about half lot. the time. Yeah,
2: Because they say that the Suns should have won game two.
4: Yeah, players not in the big four were 0 for 11 from 3 from Phoenix. They were decent in game two. If they have that quality, I think they win the series. But, I mean, let's be honest. Chris Paul, I mean, if he's out, even though he hasn't
1: been great, that's a problem. No doubt. Um, that guy gets hurt every playoffs. I think he's out
0: games 3, 4, and 5. I, I Is I treated, that what they're saying already? Yeah. I tweeted that the other night. Cashier, Chris Paul limps
1: off the court in the playoffs. Tickets at minus 20,000. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, last thing, Fez. Fourth quarters. He mentioned it. Altitude, or Mackenzie um, mentioned it was a tight game late. It was. If you look at the fourth quarter margins in Denver now, these two games, it's been drastic. Mm. I mean, can maybe pull those exact numbers for me.
3: And Phoenix' lack of depth, you know, yes, the, the combination and, of, of the and depth playing, and the altitude. They're playing
1: their guys like a lot.
3: I, I got to tell you, when I watch Kevin Durant. It does not look like the same player. In terms of the eye test, he looks exhausted by the end of these he's games. He's playing
1: like 43, 44 minutes, yeah. right?
3: I mean, he looks thinner also. He looks like he's... Well, thinner's good thinner in general. Thinner than what? Like, he, he looks really
4: thin to me. I, I thought Fez know. liked the you ever, seen players, KD, right? you ever seen
0: KD looking thick?
4: No, yeah, Well, he's rallying. a slim a reaper, I guess, right? Um, Nuggets plus 20 in two fourth quarters. So, 10 each? Yeah. Uh, okay. 17 and... Or 15 and 5. So it was only five in the other one. Yeah. Huh. it was uh, the second quarter they, they blew him out in game one.
1: Yeah, I wasn't talking about that. Okay. Um, meaning I wasn't talking about when they blew him out. I just remembered the fourth. But either way, I think what we're seeing in game two would be worse in game one in theory, which it was. Yeah. Do you think coming back in game five, we you know, we're looking to now you can bet you am I right? You can bet the fourth quarter before the game? Yes did you look at the 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 nuggets at all look at those I wonder if it's being skewed I, at all
3: I I didn't but but it's always skewed lower but but it won't be I don't think it'll it be skewed, skewed
1: compared to other locales is what I'm saying no no it wouldn't the market won't okay so yeah. I think game five we looked to bet nuggets I agree. In the, okay I agree with that and I'm gonna give a a provisional best bet what does provisional mean? And anyone else has got to, we gotta you know, gotta give the bets here. So if anyone else has them, but I'm gonna come with a provisional best bet, right, in a moment.
2: Don't know about the future, that's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pen and pencil, i give you a piece of my mind.
1: Okay, so Embiid gets his MVP announcement. On Tuesday, they win a game they're not expected to win on Monday with him out. I believe he's going to make a great effort to play in game two. And I believe it will be premature because, but what he wants to avoid, I think we would all agree is this is his game. I mean, think about it. He's the game to walk out and it's like the announcers say, that's the MVP, right? And does he really want him to be Embiid in street clothes? He just won the MVP. Now he's missing his second straight game. Uh, he's had problems in the playoffs keeping health. I mean, it's the, the exact opposite of what he wants. Now, is there the ability to play for, you know, even get, because let's be candid. If he shoots up, he's out there. And then four minutes in, he's like walks back, shaking his head, holding his knee. I gave it my all. I risked my career. I can't. Isn't that a better narrative for him than if he's in street clothes? Yeah,
2: especially with them winning game one, too. So he goes out. He gives it the effort in game two. He's not feeling it. And yeah. He says, you know what? We're up one game to none. I'm not going to push myself. Let's just. Or
3: maybe he's you know. acting like he's hurt. Yeah. You know, more. I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's going to get 29 points if he only plays four minutes.
1: So if he gets <laughs> announced in, which is unlikely, I think. Right. But it's why it's provisional. If he gets announced in, they, I, I'm almost certain they're going to put numbers on him. I think they go down. I think 26 and a half. I think they mm-hmm. adjust for the uncertainty. That's what they tend to do. And I think under is a monster. I think this is strong. So I'm saying, if the uh, in worst case, if he doesn't play, even there's though there's no bet, yeah, there's no bet. Yeah. I don't think he has a monster game. I don't think he possibly wants to be in street clothes when they talk about his MVP. I don't. Hmm. Um, Fez, you got anything for the the audience?
3: Yeah, uh, two best bets. I'm gonna I'm, two. Yeah, from the from the perception of the draft, I'm gonna predict both of these will be scalpable. We're gonna play the Eagles. So, so,
1: both of these are scalpable is what you're saying? At post, Continue, yes, all right. so we're
3: gonna play Eagles over 11, and we're gonna play the 49ers under 11 season wins.
1: Here's what bothers me about the Eagles is now Fez, I, I've gotten some tweets on this. How'd you feel about that Knicks game, by the way, that we bet? Well, I mean, I, we bet a dime on that. That was a major bet. And unfortunately, my prop went... I was so ready for a 2-0. I was so I, ready. We, yeah, and so, it, so, so butler the butler somehow... We... Gotta uh, give that guy credit, by the way. But go ahead. So
3: I'm grasping at straws. This is game five. So RJ had the right side. He had the Knicks plus five and a half. I had Cleveland minus five and a half.
1: Yeah, well, well what do you mean grasping at straws? You were, like, so aggressive winning that bet. I didn't yeah. talk you into that yeah. bet. You talked me into it.
3: And so like so I like I'm texting RJ before the game starts. Oh well, you know, Pinnacle has it minus minus five and a half, minus one oh nine. And I'm like, oh no, now it's minus five and a half late 107. So it's like a two cent Pinnacle lean. I think I was I think it was grasping a little but, but, bit the but the market Chris, was if I'm not mistaken
1: me. Chris Chris stayed in their position to want the action my way,
3: right? I mean I, I think, think- they I think it was just Pretty much. No, I think it was five and a half everywhere. No,
1: right? I mean Mackenzie, you're the one that told me about that. We were talking on the phone about something, and and it was still five at Chris, right?
4: Yes, the last game of the Knicks-Cavs series, five and a half everywhere, but five at Chris at post. Yes. Okay, I stand correct. Yeah. So okay. so yeah.
1: that's why I text you. I said, Oh, yeah. it still looks good. And you go, Over oh, Pinnacles at one oh seven. So but you know, I don't know. I listen, you're right. Historically those spots are I just thought Cleveland was in disarray. And I think to some you degree. Right. I think this yeah, it's one game. But uh still we bet a dime, which we usually don't bet that much here. So, you know. Um but then the fact
3: we, that the Knicks are sucking in their next series yeah. makes me think that the fact that that they could beat Cleveland so handily means that yes, indeed, Cleveland was in disarray. Yeah, they're
1: not, and, and they're they're a regular season team. It seems that this at least they need one or two more things. Um, he almost won this second game. I mean, boy, you got to give credit to these guys, huh? Oh, I, no
3: doubt, because tonight, so it was like tied line, line, Yeah, then. so the line goes all the way up to ten and a half. And just to summarize, Randall and all the, all the Knicks play and um, Jimmy Buckets doesn't play for Miami, and Miami's got the lead for most of the game. I
1: know. So you, uh, I guess the San Fran... Here's the thing that worries me about the Eagles pick, is it's already up 17%. They were 9-1 to on Monday to win the Super Bowl. Now they're 7.5-1. So obviously sentiment towards Philly off the trades, off the picking... I mean, don't you feel like the move's already happened here? No, tip of the
3: iceberg. It'll be the same move for the next three months. trigger death by one thousand cuts on the Eagles. No one's going to. There's not one guy in the in the in the East Coast that's going to bet Eagles under. Not a one. They're all betting over, right, Scott?
1: Yeah. Now the total um, has only gone up a tenth of a point during that time. So in a way, hitting the total is a good bet. Um, let's talk about the biggest moves real quick in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> number one, we said was the Texans. Number two, the Ravens. Number three, the Eagles. Number four, the Seattle Seahawks. I feel like there's no chance of me winning this bet because it's going so well at this point. It's almost <laughs> like I had it planned. Seattle,
3: uh, five to one and more to win the division.
1: And yes. and now, Mackenzie, do you have the newest division? Can you just check? Yes. What is it? One sec. Oh, cool. Um, I'm betting it's below two to one now.
3: No, because the Niners are still 11. So it well, can't we'll be. I can't see. I guess it was like two fifty last ah, week. It's got to be three seventy five.
4: You're crazy. Plus two fifty.
3: That well, you know, think about how crazy that is. The, the Seattle's at eight and a half. Now it's a terrible bet because Seattle's eight and a half and San Fran's eleven. And so, you're and you're telling me that San Fran in a head to, he, in a head to head match San Fran would be like minus three hundred. Just those two. Well, I guess you could say they're really the only two that could win.
1: Is yeah, I liked what the Rams did generally, but. They're building to the future, obviously, at this point. But I like that there's a sense of like, there's all this big incoming freshman class, and they're all because they had so many draft choices that are going to remake the team. They drafted Stetson Bennett, the, yeah. the, the winner. Yeah. All that guy oh, does he is did win. Get,
3: he did get drafted. <laughs>
1: What Fourth round, but they say his arm is a, the thing. Is these old guys that like Heineke or what? I, or what was his name? The guy from uh, Florida State. But the guys that won national titles but weren't Chris Wink, Chris Wink. Yeah, big arms. They, this isn't. I mean, ben, you think Bennett's arms is limitation?
0: I I no. I don't. I don't really think. Anything, I think he's very Brock Purdy ish.
1: Yeah, well, everyone wants to find the next Brock Purdy, but <laughs> this seventh round.
0: No, I get it, and I would, I would have expected Stetson Bennett to go in the seventh round. But I said Stetson Bennett is a guy. If I was looking for a backup quarterback, one hundred percent, I would try to get Stetson
3: Bennett.
1: So Seattle is eight point seven right now. I think there's still value on the over there. I think yeah. I might take not, another not, no bite. No longer the
3: division. Now you take the bite on the apple with the yeah. over. I and, agree with you. And that. really
1: the open was eight point six.
3: Yeah, so 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 think about this. Their division odds have cratered completely mm-hmm. because you gave it out and
1: people have right. it. Right. Well, I, I mean bet it. some of that but and it's been it. logical. And but but you didn't give out Seattle season wins, so it hasn't moved. Well, let's do a test. All right. Another best bet in fact, you know what I want to do? So I want to if if I can if you can get this for me I'd like to put um and you don't know, you know do it tomorrow morning I don't think you know this will be fine um give me the same amount we got on because here's the thing if if they go over the total and they don't win the division which is possible I want to break even I don't want to have a they you know, go nine and seven and yeah yeah, and yeah yeah okay
2: yeah,
3: well I, they win eleven somehow or nine the Niners win twelve
1: Well, that would be a di- very big disappointment no
2: but it's very con- it's very doable for them to win nine games. And not oh, with I
1: know. Yeah, but, but he was saying if they win 11
2: oh, I, and they still don't
1: win the division, that would be a disappointment. No,
2: I think if they win 11, they'll win the division. All
1: right. So, well, then, so then
3: you love the San Fran under 11 season win. You just proxy <laughs> that, that you don't like it, that you love it.
2: Yeah, I could see San Francisco 10 or 11.
3: I know you just said, if Seattle
1: wins 11, they're going to win the division. I give McKenzie a lot of credit for, like, staying quiet on this stuff. Because, you know, somehow Fez has gotten his teeth into this anti-San Fran. And I don't understand. I mean, now, I will say there's one interesting thing about San Fran. Because they had so few draft choices. And they had so big, they had a couple of needs. And the kicker being one of them, key need. They were for everyone thinks this kicker went early. Like, by, forget drafting a kicker. People think fourth round or whatever. But Seattle didn't have a fourth round. Or I'm sorry, check that. San Fran didn't have a fourth round pick. So, in a weird way, they had to take him in the third, right? They could have traded back, I guess. But I don't, is it me, or you can't trade those compensatory picks? I don't I Cannot. Think, yeah. So, in a weird way, Seattle was forced to do that if they wanted a kicker. San Francisco. Oh, why do I keep saying? Yeah, so I got Seattle on the brain is what it is. Hmm. But I thought, I mean, let's be candid. We don't know how good these players are, but positionally taking a top cornerback and adding it to this team, when you had an elite corner rookie last year and then taking, by all accounts, the number one possession receiver, I would make the case that Seattle has the best three-receiver group in the NFL. If if you say who's got the best three and I'm you can't count your tight ends. I get they, you know, they may be their pass catchers. You know, they are pass catchers. <laughs> but if I say who would you put in competition with Seattle with the three best wide receivers? Oh. I don't know. I mean, maybe Chargers? Because they just drafted a crappy guy? Well, why is Seattle drafted a good guy and because, Chargers drafted well, char- a crappy guy? Because the, the, that guy was supposed to go in the middle of the second round. They drafted him way early. Right?
2: Reach. I'd say it's called a reach. The Bengals probably.
1: And plus you have to
2: play to be good.
3: See, boy, I don't boy, it's see. not that good though. Uh, 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 Who was yours, I'm sorry? The Bengals. They got chased. Nah, I, Chase. the no, I think that's in the Higgins is a good No, I think that's in the
1: I would say right now you got to give it to them, actually, because you know all three are good, right? You don't know. You, AJ's right. You don't really know about the, the draft choice, you know, this year. Yeah. But but these elite receivers tend to do better. Unless if there are character problems, they tend to at least be decent when they're drafted really high. You don't see many big
0: busts. But what was weird about it is I, I was reading about the, the Seahawks, and they used – three wide receivers
1: less than anybody in the league. Well, they have so far. Who knows? Yeah. Right. I mean, and I I mean, listen, and apparently they well not apparently, Seattle picked like five or six linemen, D linemen, offensive linemen, all in the later rounds to try to take a shotgun approach. It's, they got some weakness, especially on the D line. So we'll see. But I, I gotta say them not taking a quarterback was good for this year for sure. I didn't like Atlanta's pick I mean, just again, it's like, I, I'm not saying you can't take Bijan John that high. I'm saying if you're Atlanta... You're in. Oh, okay. What's our... We got a good number? Over eight and a half, play 20. All right. That's pretty good.
0: All right. I literally, I believe B. John Robinson is like a, a unicorn. I, I think he's, the, he's like the best running back I've seen but, since Adrian Peterson. But the
1: tight end was a unicorn, too. They took two years ago. I, right?
0: I don't think... I, again you're going to miss on guys all the time? I don't know if they I, miss. I,
1: I just know they were running. It's weird they took a tight end and a receiver and they run the ball more than anyone. Yeah, And and I guess it may – I guess I don't think you can play rotisserie NFL drafting where the Eagles are never taking or hardly ever taking uh, skill position guys in the first round. You can't go three straight drafts going tight end, running back, or wide receiver running back. But
0: if you're going to be the team that runs the ball more than anybody in the league...
1: Don't take a receiver and tight end the two prior years. No. Right? I mean, I'm just saying the three picks don't work in my I don't opinion.
0: disagree. Yeah. But you think... But I think B. John Robinson is incredible. <sighs> I Like when you said he has to be a top seven running back to break even, I think in two or three years, he'll be a, a top three running back.
1: Well, usually these running backs are good. They're If they're good, they're good the first I, year. I think he will be. Yeah. Um, Here's the question again. This is almost like my theory on if you move the line. If where's B? Where wouldn't you have taken Bijan? Meaning, would you have taken him third? No. So wh- where's your break point where you say right, it's time. outside the top five? So six. You yeah. Would, okay. It's like he was taken seventh when the earliest eighth. you take or eighth and the earliest you would take him as sixth. It's hard to say there's great value there, right?
0: But it, it, And you're right. It's all positional and I, don't, I again, I generally say it's dumb to draft running backs in the first round. I just think he's very, very special.
1: Okay. And again, you're it's Texas, you follow that team yeah. closely. Um, any other closing thoughts on the draft? Giants, what'd you think?
2: A plus. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think they did very well in the draft. Um, I think uh
1: Dayball was like he can't do it no wrong, yeah, right? Well,
2: I think um Joe Shane, the general manager, made moves. Whereas the Giants historically did, don't usually make a lot of first-round trades, you know, with their picks, they don't move up or down. I, I, what was it? Jerry Reese famously in eleven years didn't make one single first-round trade. Uh, Dave Gettleman made some, but
1: Balicek kept calling. Yeah, he saw. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but I think they got the cornerback that they wanted, the kid from Maryland, and uh, to pick up Jalen Hyatt in the third round, the talented wide receiver. I thought they did very well.
1: Now, uh, A.J.'s grading card says a 3.22, which is ranked 12th, but Kevin Cole says C-. minus.
2: That guy gives number grades. He doesn't know what he's
1: talking about. No, we're (laughs) a fan of Kevin here.
3: Giant season win, 8.5 shaded to the under, perceived to be a below
1: average team going into the year. I'm going to tell the sportsbook operators out there an idea. I think they've done this sometimes. What do you think a heads up team versus team that has a spread on it of games? They do that on
3: occasion. Yes.
1: You I like I, it. Here's what I'd like to bet. Mm-hmm. Washington over the Giants. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. I think yeah. Washington. You'd like to get like plus two though. Well, or no. Plus well, plus one, no, right? Washington I don't even to know seven. know if I need a plus anything, let's see here. Commanders are yeah. seven I just said commanders, damn yeah, Plus one and a half. Boy, then I love it. Yeah.
2: You are a big fan of Sam
1: Howell, huh? I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback. I mean, what I'm saying is that's the talk right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time before now and then, right? Yep. Um, I don't think they're tanking. I mean, his coach might get fired, right? So you got new ownership. I don't think they're tanking. Who knows who they bring in? I mean, they would they pay $6 billion, $7 billion for that team? I don't know. I, I just think
0: the Redskins slash football teams slash commanders, it's like, it's a losing organization.
1: Except when you when you get rid of the when you get rid yeah, of the right. yeah. it might free him up. Let me ask you this though: if you look at the Commanders' roster versus the Giants' roster, without consideration of quarterback, which mm-hmm. quarterback matters, is there any debate that the Washington has the better roster? I mean, it's it's almost a, it's not even a debate. Yeah, Washington has the better roster. So the question becomes. <laughs> What? And, like, you've got one year of good Daniel Jones in the history yeah. of time. I mean, I, I, I'm i just saying last year, the, the question is, did they really get better at the end of the year? Because they were overrated the whole year, but they kept winning. So at what point do we – has there ever been an NFL coach that can keep that up, that just wins even though they don't have the talent? I've never seen it. Have you? No. Even Belichick lost four out of five years in Cleveland. You know, again – that they made the playoffs one year, but it's like, I don't know if you can... I think you can squeeze out an extra... Like, Vrabel's going to get you an extra win here and there. You know,
3: Bill O'Brien got a lot of wins out of teams with no quarterbacks, but they had That's a good true roster. Too.
1: That's true. They had a great... I mean, they had yeah. great receivers. Um, A.J. was just bashing O'Brien every day yeah. down there. <laughs> I mean... They maybe had a right to take away your press pass. I don't care. <laughs> um, but you would you you think Giants head and shoulders better than Washington.
2: I think Giants will have a better season than Washington. Yes. Well
1: so the current market. Mm-hmm. So Fez, put a number so one and a half. It should Seven just be one and, and half. a half in Easy. in no VIG.
3: Yeah, Washington's like a six point nine and, and and Giants are an eight point four. It's exactly one and a half.
1: So you wanna go minus one and a half wins? I'll take Washington. You take the Giants. We'll do 300 to win 300.
2: So they have to win two more games than the Washington.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unless there's a tie. What kind of tie is a half win, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. Gi- Giants tie. Eight. uh yeah. I mean, it's I the, think cur- the, it's one the and current market. Yeah,
2: no, the one and a half is is really the killer here because I think they'll finish. I think the Giants will have one more win in Washington
1: this All year. All right, so then here's the question: If I go with one win, and the one we, wins, what should go? Oh, hold on, hold on a second. So if we, if we go to one wins a push, mm-hmm. let's think about this now. Blah, blah, blah. The tie where, is where, the win. Would I take fifty cents? If I take plus one fifty, not on a head to head, it'd be less. It'd be less. La- what do you mean less? You mean I less. should get less?
3: it's less it's not worth 50 cents on a head-to-head because Explain no, that because because like one one team you're what you're going on of course is that in a season win if you lose half a game they
1: tied each other by the way it's like,
3: like 45 to 50 <laughs> it's like 45 to 50 cents yeah but on a head-to-head matchup mm-hmm. now both teams are playing 17 games so you've got a sample size of 34 so it's less likely to land on the number so it's not worth 50 cents it's probably worth like 36 cents. Okay, so... You agree, right? Not 35 well, six. About <laughs> thirty-six, Because six.
1: they're not going against an actual number, which is set at the fi- the middle of the normal distribution, go- so all the randomness and the variance that comes makes it being lined up like that less likely than being onto the number itself. It's
3: less likely to tie. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, so what, plus 148? I mean, what would you say? I said 136 for well, All right, say so thirty six cents. So give me plus one thirty six and, and and uh so it'll be three hundred we'll say three hundred to win four hundred. I I'll even take 30, 33 thirty three and a third. Fine. So one three hundred to win four hundred and I'm getting Minus plus one. one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting plus yeah, one. Yeah. That's fair. All You're right. getting two yeah. and a
2: half cents worth of value, Scott. I, well played. I, 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 I think we're pushing anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it figured. You got both of these teams yeah, figured out. It's going to be a, a nine-win a nine team and an eight-win team. It's, it's be or an eight-win team and a seven-win team. Play their head-to-head games.
1: I, oh, yeah. that's a good point. I got a proposal for next week to end it. All right. Anyone else have a bet? They I got a bet. All right, go ahead. Yeah,
2: uh, I'm going to make an NBA
1: bet, okay. actually. I and I
2: haven't, I, 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 haven't watched, I haven't watched a second of these games that happened tonight, but I'm going to take the Warriors minus
1: five in game two. Okay, what's your rationale? They're going to even up this series, Warriors.
2: <laughs> now They're, this applies the, to the, the home team and the zigzag, and the home team as a favorite losing game one, bouncing back as a favorite in game two.
3: Now RJ, you got a little tightener here, yeah, where you really like if if a team was favored, correct me if I'm wrong, by three or more game one and they
1: lose. So here's the thing: there's a there's a big trend that talks about if you lose game one and you're the home team, you win game two. I find that to be generally true, and it can get pretty good. But the thing that people have, I've just discovered it. If the seed is less than a three, so four seed, five seed, six seed, because what's the theory of this trend? Golden State's a six
3: seed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: So, what's the theory of this trend? The theory is that the better team got flat for whatever reason or they got unlucky. And now this is a statement because they can't go down 0 2 and they're going to put all the, it's almost like an NFL playoff, you know, uh, single elimination type favor. Right? They're the better team because they are the higher seed. They lost the first game for whatever reason. They're so focused the second game, they do very well. Yep. But if a team isn't really... A top three seed, they're not good enough to even have those kind of statements. Now you can make the case the Warriors are.
3: They're, I like the let's call the audible here. Yeah, I'm, not, are, I'm are, not.
1: I'm not. I don't dislike the game, but yeah. I'm saying I to me, I kind of let the conditions be sacrosanct when it comes to like you can't because you can rationalize anything,
2: right? Yeah, like the Knicks did not qualify. They did not qualify, yeah. even though they won Game Two to even up the series.
1: Most, yeah, and yeah, most people. And and listen, the, the here's the irony. There's only been like four or five games that a lower seed than three has had this spot yeah, well. since, let's say, 2002 or whatever. So in a weird way, having two of these right in a row is unusual. And Celtics are right there as well. And, okay, guess. and the Celtics, Philly. in theory, are going to fit that criteria. Yes. So I, even though it's a big number—now here's the thing that kept me—there was, there was a big trend on Boston in Game 1, which was if you have two teams, one of them has a lot more rest than the other. Mm-hmm. That team, the rest of the team, does really bad. So it's like if both teams have three or more days rest, and they both did, but one team has like six or more days beyond that, which, which Philly qualified. They did it was nine and three. It was like a monster negative for the Philly in this Rust. Kid. I was gonna go Boston, but then I looked at the efficiency of Philly, and maybe McKenzie can speak to this. Without Embiid on the floor, they've been hyper efficient on offense this year. It's like they've really built a team around him. Should have played over. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at all the angles. There was nothing I really liked. Speaking of the NBA and Mackenzie, if you got anything, you got anything on the Philly bar, any of these things? Nope. Okay. Um, NBA expert Mackenzie Rivers. Now, (laughs) no, I don't think I would have said that in a hundred years. I would a minimum. I would say a hey, great analysis, or I agree with so and so. Like, who do you like in our back? Amen, brother. Yeah, yeah, not but That's uh, what you, say- yeah. you said. You I said that's it. the safest thing but if yeah. you have nothing to say,
2: right? Your response should have been dynamite. Drop in Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs>
1: Where's that from? That's major league. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like. That. So, ah, um, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Okay, so I probably will be betting Boston tomorrow. I'm not positive. I'm not gonna make it an official pick here. Like I said though, Seattle now over is our second pick, and we had it what about six weeks ago now to win the division in NFL.
3: Now you do feel that
1: Embiid has a better chance of playing maybe than what the market thinks, so probably you want to wait I have no idea. Well, see, that's interesting. That's a good but I don't think he's gonna be effective, but I guess you could wait for the line move. Yeah. So if you do that's a good point. If that's a great point. If you like Boston and you, and they do fit this trend criteria. Um, cause how many points did they lose by this last game?
3: Um, was drawing, it three or more? I'm drawing a blank.
1: Four-point game for the Sixers. Okay. Thank you. So bro. that was another piece of my tightener. So actually, they fit it. But you're right. I think Embiid's going to be ineffective. If Embiid's announced in or, or potentially playing in the line moves, one, as we said, I want to bet under his points specifically, but I also want to fire on Boston then.
3: Yes. Because you'll probably get Boston minus five and a half if Embiid plays.
1: You think? I mean, but it's going to be a lot. So the current number is 10. I mean, I'd take it a seven and be dancing. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I mean, Embiid's probably worth five points, but but I don't think he's worth five points if he's coming back hobbled. I agree. Yeah. So maybe six. Yeah. But, initially, but does the public the market, even
2: like think of that? I think if the public finds out that Embiid's playing, they just start betting the Sixers.
3: Well, well, the mathematic, mm-hmm. the math geeks are going to say they're going to look at their chart and say he's worth five and a half points. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so if you like, I would say because if you believe my thesis that Embiid's going to be really motivated for PR reasons to play or at least try to play, that I would wait to bet Boston because right now, what do you think it goes to if Embiid's out? Like eleven? Yeah, 11. So there's 1 point versus like 5, you know, it's one of those asymmetrical risk situations.
3: Exactly. Okay. And and if he's ruled out, it's not like what's going to happen is that it's going to be like slow because it's kind of expected not to play. So it's going to like trickle. You might be able to get a stale minus 10, but if it's said Embiid's playing, it's going to be off the board in 3 seconds.
1: All right. Yeah. So, oh, that's what I was going to say. Boy, we had a good we we were like betting like we knew something in that Golden State. Well, it was Golden State Sacramento Game Six. I had a trend that said first half was gonna be Sacramento and second half was gonna be Golden State. And it went the first half like you know flawless, and and the line was adjusting in a way that said the market. You w- even
3: got the quarter, Bob. You said the second Fez, the second quarter is way better than the first quarter. Yeah. So the first quarter lands on the number, which means well, we get well, to win.
1: Yeah, it was two and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, so yeah, we, we,
3: yeah. It landed, two was the market. Yeah, and we yeah. and we so we we yeah, so we Fez got the is good shopping, number. got us to win. What yeah, yeah. he said, yeah.
1: and then uh, the second quarter was like. Blow out, you know, great for us. Then at halftime, we're ready to fire for this. And I go, you know, this is so public here. And I said, let's make it smaller.
3: Let's go, let's go, small, because we're basically laying more in the second half. We're, it was a situation well, like, laying, was crazy, wasn't we're it? We're like laying seven when the game line was nope. five or something. We were laying we're, eight yeah. in the game.
1: And the funny thing was about that eight, though, seven was a tie. So it couldn't fall seven mm-hmm. in the second. It was a seven point margin yeah. at the half. So in a weird way, that eight you can't really count it as an 8 because 7 gives yes. you a, overtime at that point. But by, by the way, pulling back the curtain, I've mm-hmm.
3: always felt with a fairly substantial favorite that when the second half line is bigger than the game line, mm-hmm. that that's where it's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. So if, it got, if a team was laying 8 for the game and now I'm expected to lay 9 for the second half, that would be like almost an automatic veto. It's just too much to ask.
1: Yeah, I'm going to dig into that because I think there would be some spots we can fade that, mm-hmm. like actually bet against Yes. It. Okay, so that was fun, though. And then I, I, though, I mean, in the end, I, you know, whatever, I won like, you know, less than a dime on it, you know, because of the way it went. But because we did make a bet on the second that lost, but it was a smaller one. But I just felt so in control of that situation. I haven't wanted to, I've been looking at all the NBA games, but I haven't wanted to bet any. Well,
3: it's nice to win when you go one on one and win almost
1: a unit. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Um I've been in, listen. I, I really believe the databases that we're starting to compile are going to offer some a lot of opportunity out there, and we'll share as much of it as possible. And uh, and, and again, we share everything that we got at the time.
4: Uh, Mackenzie, you got any bet any bets you'd like to let, offer up? Let me endorse your Embiid bet, who's over three in his player prop. Did this research today. Did it last year. It's even stronger this year. If you just bet under on the marquee player you're almost invariably winning. The only guys that buck Butler are James Butler. <laughs> I wrote down James Butler. It's actually legally Jimmy Butler uh-huh. and Nikola Jokic. Those two guys are 5-3, and 4-3 and three respectively. Mm-hmm. Literally every other star from Giannis to Curry to LeBron, who's 1-6, they set their numbers too high. Uh, that's McKenzie, well,
1: everyone.
0: That goes into my best bet as well. I'm going to go game two of Lakers-Warriors. So, I'm you a-
1: know something? I think we should say... Free pick, not best bet, for you and – if you don't bet the NBA, we should probably go with the okay. free pick.
2: I'm 1-0 in the NBA this year, <laughs> yeah. and I'm so, putting this record on the line for my Warriors game two bet. But,
1: but let's be honest for a second. It's fun, and I do this too. Let's say you bet whatever, $100. If you got a sport you don't love, and that's the main sport, you bet 10 bucks, 50 whatever, one-fifth, one-seventh of your bet – it's pizza money, as we call it. I got no problem with that. But what we don't want to do, and not that you guys are trying to, mm-hmm. we in any way want to portray you as an or me even as an NBA expert. I've got da- a database that I think I can come up with some good stuff. But I'm not going to critique like the you know playing the post or whatever. They don't do that anymore, I don't think. But um, so I want to hear your bet for sure. But we don't want to be portrayed. Oh, it's NBA time, so there's a bunch yeah, of NBA yeah, yeah. bets. But go ahead.
0: Uh, based on the work McKinsey did and what oh. I've seen out of LeBron. I'm gonna go if the, assuming the numbers twenty five and a half, twenty six and a half, what which, which is what has been. He's one and six in the playoffs to those numbers uh, go, to the under. Uh-huh. I like him to go under. He's particularly been, I don't want to call it lazy, but it's looked lazily in Good games Serving his energy where he's had a lead in the series. He's been very three point heavy and he's shot three points extremely poorly. In these playoffs one of like seven that. one of eight and one of nine in the three games where his team has had a lead in the series so i like under 25 and a half 26 and a half uh for yeah. lebron James
3: and, and in it game will two. it will be 25 and a half because tonight it was 25 and a half to 26 and he did go
1: under tonight so probably will get adjusted to 25 to 25. And a half. how many days rest is there between these games just one just thursday one. okay i like that even more yeah. because and and what i would be interested in is uh, Golden State on some alternatives because I think the Lakers to murder them. Yeah, I think the Lakers if they do get in the spot where they think the game's over, they they pull back the horse. They could re- and Golden State has an urge to run it out. You would th- figure like uh, to feel good. about it. I
3: think the same thing's true of Boston. Boston could beat Philly by by a
1: hundred potentially. Yeah, that's interesting. But you, yeah, that's interesting. So this fascinating stuff. Um, propo- last thing proposal for next week. So what's the draft about? The teams that aren't winning as much. I think we take the 16—no, the, um, the, the 18 teams that are not projected to make the playoffs. So all we do is look at the win totals and stack rank the, the seven teams in each you know and have the division consideration. Who's the number one team in each division by win total? And who is the three best after projected that? Projected wild cards. Projected wild cards. Those are eliminated. Those 14 teams are set on the shelf, and we take the other 18 teams and do a draft— And the way we do it is we can do an auction. Like we have a set amount of money. We can bid on it the same way we did um, with the, we'll do again with the main team, all the teams. But this will be just for playoff seating. Whereas if you get the number one seed out of this group, you get seven points. If you, oh, if you get the number seven seed, you get one point. Oh, I like to do some variation. That's, I,
3: like, I, like, that, I think you
0: nailed it. If the scoring yeah. is like that, I, I would suggest it be a snake draft instead of an auction draft. What? Auction drafts work when there's, like, when there's one guy who's going to win. Like when we did the Super Bowl, okay. it made sense. But we're all going to have the equal amount of teams. I like AJ, So a snake draft makes okay. more sense. Yeah, in because not, yeah, there
3: won't be a, a clear But we, remember, I mean, we're allowed
1: bidding and, and buying buy spots. Yeah. We can everything. Sure. Listen, as Logan Roy said, nothing stays the same. Everything's negotiable. As Ted DiBiase said, everybody's got a price.
0: Everybody's going to pay.
1: Well, I can't do better than that, Fez. Take us <laughs> out. Hey. <laughs> hey. Let's be careful out there. Every time you change the riddle, the question I change. um, See, I can't. Bye.